All sports, all the time. There's heroes and there's legends. Heroes get remembered. Legends never die. This is the Spoken Podcast. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. I'm your host, Lance Woodwell. Man, that kid, he can ball, man. He can ball. Touchdown, Kansas City! Man with freaking Mahomes, baby! Uh, let's talk some sports, because that's what we're here to do. You are tuned in to the Spoken. Spoken. This is the Spoken Podcast. I'm your host, Lance Twiddle, here inside the KC Beardco Studios for episode 39 with my guy Trevor Twidwell. What's going on? No Eddie Ortiz tonight, guys. He's a little backed up with some things that are going on in his, in his personal life, but he will, be, he will be back next week with us. But in the meantime, like I promoted tonight, guys, and I let you guys know earlier today, we are very excited to have the man back. He's been here once before, and we're glad to have him once again. The man yep. from the ship, 810 Sports Radio WHB. You can also find it at ESPN Kansas City, uh, 15, 10 a.m. and 94.5 FM. The man, the only, Darren Smith. How are we doing tonight, Darren? I am oh, good, man. man. First of all, again, thank you for the invitation, and I appreciate being here. Again. Absolutely, man. We're, we love having you here, dude. I I, we, I love following your work. It's always a blast to, to get your insight of what you think, all things Chiefs-related, which is why it's it's only common sense to have you here whenever you give us the time, which is always a pleasure for us, man. Um. Let's get right into it. Before I, before I say anything else, again, we want to thank all the listeners. Thanks for everybody that's been supporting this thing. We're almost at episode 40, and it's just been an absolute blast. Last week, we were uh, blessed enough to have uh, Tanisha Mahomes from uh, the, the Mahomes family, uh, Patrick Mahomes' aunt, come on our show yesterday with Shaggy Shane Williams. That was an absolute blast. If you, have, if you missed that, it's on episode 38. Definitely check out segment number two where she came on and, quite frankly, just dropped some knowledge. That was an absolute yeah. blast. So. Thank you for that again, and thanks for, like I said, all the support that we've been getting throughout this entire year. But let's get right to it, man, because we got a lot to talk about with the Chiefs as far as last week and what we saw in Mexico City. Darren, you were there. You saw it first thing. You were in the elevation, oh, yeah. 7,500 feet of it. You saw you felt it. You saw it. You saw what happened on the field first person. I got a lot of thoughts about this, but you know what, man? I'm going to skip right to it. I'll get my thoughts out in a second. I want to go right to you. What did you see in this game? And I'm assuming you're going to be there's going to be some critique that you have for the Chiefs. So let's let's get let's ask the question: What is wrong with the Chiefs? Even though there is a victory that that followed in, in, in that 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 game, we looked at this game, and I think all of us that are being real about it saw some glaring issues with this team still. So just give me your overview, your oversight of what you saw in this game against the Chargers in Mexico City. Well, first of all, that's such a loaded question. <laughs> I apologize. That's the only question I have for you, man. <laughs> hey, that's no, tr- hey, trust me, man. I rock with those. Um, you know, the the biggest thing for me, it's 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 basic. Is to me, it's fundamental football that I have a problem with that the Chiefs aren't doing. Uh, one is penalties. I can't get past the penalties because last year they were the most penalized team in the league, and the penalties is what. Cost in, in the Super end, yeah. uh, and cost them a trip to the Super Bowl. Uh, not only that, you know, I mean, that's, that's comes down from coaching, and that's uh, I just don't see where they're making any improvements or where he's even addressing those type of issues. Uh, so that that that's that's one. But to me, that's always the most glaring factor because they have too many opportunities to start the game out, and that stalls a lot of the offensive drives that they're doing, and which ends up making them, uh, you know, punt the ball or, or turn the ball over uh, to the other team. Secondly is, uh, in well, Coach Reed's, and I don't like to call him by his first name because he's at least earned the title of coach, but uh, Coach Reed, 
has this thing about not running the football. And that, that just really bothers me because outside of uh, – who did they beat last week? Uh, well, um, well, I guess, well, I guess it would be – I guess we'll I guess we'll be the 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 Chargers, but you know they had they they had a lot of time um, that they because uh, now now I'm trying to, trying to remember <laughs> no it was uh yeah it was the Tennessee Titans where they mm-hmm. I'm sorry because what I'm thinking of is the time of possession yeah. so, the, so the Chiefs had 37 oh, yeah, yeah. minutes uh, on the clock dominated on, the clock. clock but they still lost because they gave up. 225 yards on the ground. Gave a big place. uh, Yeah, gave a big place to the Titans. So so forgive me for that. No, you're fine. But as it relates to what I saw Monday night again, you know, they're insisting on not running the ball. And the fact that Patrick Mahomes had a quote-unquote career high rushing, which he exceeded (laughs) his career high from Detroit. So that lets you know something where – if he's your leading rusher, and that's something that you're joking about in the press conference, right. I kind of got a problem with that as well. So uh, the fact that you know you can't, as this offensive genius, uh, you know, come up with plays for your running backs to where your quarterback has to get big chunk yards because you're drawing up a, an RPO or a pass play where nobody's open and he has a run to the outside mm-hmm. to you know get 12, 14, 16 yards or something like that. Again, that's a problem because. That's not going to work when the weather gets cold and gets inclement come January if the team makes it to the playoffs. And then thirdly, uh, injuries. It, you know, it, it seems like he can't can't get through a game where somebody's not hurt and and it becomes a key player. Right. This time being, of course, Tyreek Hill. Now, uh, coming out of the game as we know now, uh, he's got a minor hamstring. So, uh, the bye week coming at the, at the perfect time for him. Mm-hmm. He should be good to go when the team uh, plays against the Oakland Raiders on December first. But those were my three takeaways. And yeah, I mean, look, it's easy to say the play calling Andy Reid. I mean, that's I mean that's ad nauseum because I look at it all the time. Because to me, Andy Reid is going to be the reason why this team doesn't make it to the Super Bowl because he's going to do something to overthink. Uh, a situation, uh, he's going to overthink, you know, a play or the clock or something like that. And at the end of the day, what really bothers me the most is that this team with this array of offensive weapons, and a lot of it is because of the penalties, cannot, uh, well, they cannot score like they should. This team should be averaging 40 points a game yeah. at a minimum because of the firepower that you have and the fact that, you know, you get, you know, you, you get up two touchdowns and then you start trying to be conservative in what you do. It's like you need to continue to just run the score up as best as you can. Worry about sportsmanship after you hold up the Lombardi trophy. And the thing is, like I tell people all the time, is that by you not doing this, it's going to have an adverse effect. Because if you lose because of your conservative play calling, when you know Patrick and them tell you that they feel they can score every time they get the ball Mm -hmm. and you're not doing it, Mm Somebody's going to be a piper at the end of the season if the team doesn't uh, succeed. No and, and that's I, I appreciate everything you're saying about Andy Reid because we on this show we've been very critical of him this season because of the fact that you know our prediction show that we did before the season I was picking the Chiefs not only have the number one seed in the AFC but to win the Super Bowl to beat the Seahawks in the Super Bowl that was my pick and I picked Andy Reid to win Coach of the Year. This team has been everything but that to this point, and I think and I I feel it does come. Strictly down to coaching because of the fact, like you said, 
They have an array of weapons on this offense, more than almost any team in the NFL. And he has been, Coach Reed has been an offensive genius throughout his career. So with him finally having the ultimate weapon at, at quarterback in Patrick Mahomes, even if Tyreek Hill has to sit out for a few quarters against the Chargers, I'm with you. I feel like they should have no problem scoring points because you have a healthy Sammy Watkins, Travis Kelsey. You have a healthy Damian Williams, who isn't a great running back, but he's been capable. He has shown you that in the past. The offensive line has been as healthy as they have been all season long. I know it's going to take Eric Fisher a little bit of time to get back into it. I get that. My point, though, is, is that we're seeing them struggle in ways that I don't feel has to do with the injuries, and I don't think that's what you said either, is the injuries have affected them, but we're getting to a point now with the team that there are no more excuses. Mm -hmm. The coaching has to do their job. Steve Spagnuolo, in my opinion, I was very critical on him a couple weeks ago. I said he was failing because they give up 30, well, 28 points, 35. Damian Williams gives up a fumble and they run it in, so it's 35 total, but only 28. But you're still giving up 28 points to a Ryan and Tannehill offense. That's inexcusable. Without those number one Whether it's in Tennessee yeah. or Kansas City, you can't be allowing that. So Steve Spagnuolo failed that week. But Steve Spagnuolo, I felt like, had a pretty damn good game against the Chargers. Having said that, if we're looking at this game and we're being honest here, guys, which I think we three can consider ourselves honest men here, the Chargers lost this game. Philip River, the Chiefs did put pressure on him. I will, I will say well, that. Let me, say, let me jump in. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I would say that I don't think the Chargers lost the game. I think the Chiefs almost found a new way to lose a game. <laughs> Four like straight they did, punts, taking like the game. They, That's like fair. They did, like yeah. they did against the Titans. And I always say that because, again, being there, it was 24 to, to nine. Two, yeah, 20, uh, yeah, 24 to nine. No, I'm sorry, 27 to nine. And Philip Rivers threw a pass for Tyron Matthews. Dropped the interception. Mm. Now I'm sitting thinking, like, how in the holy hell did you do that? <laughs> all by himself? You yeah. all by yourself. And then what happened? The Rivers go down the score, get a two point conversion. Mm -hmm. Now they're trailing 27 17 or whatever, whatever the score was at that time. And or 25. I, I can't remember the whole of the whole, but it, it was a situation where it was a 14 point swing because if, if you intercept the ball, yeah, she's got the ball, perhaps you drive down the score and increases the lead. Then you know you got to blow, got to blow out uh, in front of you. Instead, now it becomes a one possession game, and of course, you know Chiefs offense begins to stall again mm -hmm. as usual. And then what what happened? Philip Rivers had the chance to go down and at least win the game or tie the game or or you know do a two point conversion like he did against the Chiefs last year to win the ball game. And you know they were lucky with the interception. So I, I so I, I say that respectfully to say where I don't think the Chargers lost the game. Yeah. I think it was just a matter of the Chiefs. Not again, those type of opportunities. You know when you when you get an interception that's gift wrapped to you. Yeah, you have to make those because yeah. you're going to be going up against a quarterback on December the eighth. You don't make those type of mistakes, and perhaps in the playoffs. And again, the team, in my opinion, got lucky against the Baltimore Ravens. And Lamar Jackson said after the game at Arrowhead. That if, if they face team, if they face, if they were to face Chiefs again, they feel that they could beat them with no problem. Mm -hmm. Now he said that after week number three, after they after after they just lost, yeah. suffered their first loss, said we can beat this team. Right, if we play them again. I get, yeah, I, if, I I guess the reason why I would say Darren, and I want to get your thoughts on this too, Trev, no about the recap of the game. The reason why I felt like it had more to do with the Chargers than the Chiefs. I don't want to take away from what the Chiefs defense did because Frank Clark absolutely balled out. Mm -hmm. Tyron Matthew missed like eight tackles, but he did have an incredible yeah. pick. Daniel Sorensen has been making some plays. That ball did go right to him. But my, yeah. my, the point of me saying that is, is I feel, and maybe maybe you guys won't agree, but this is the way I saw it from, from watching the game, and I watched the game again. 
I feel like if the if the Chargers would have had a, an even adequate quarterback that night, they win that game. And that's why I say that because Philip Rivers was absolutely horrible. He couldn't stand pressure in the pocket. He was throwing horribly, horribly. I mean, those were ducks. That throw to Daniel Sorensen at the end of the game, he threw it right to him. And Daniel Sorensen had good coverage. Well, and it was too a running back and not a guy that can just jump up and get it. Like, like yeah, yeah, yeah you know what I mean? I, I, I get I, what I'm saying is I felt like Philip kind of handed the game over. And this is why at the beginning of last week I said before the game even started, I look at this game, I called it the beat yourself bowl. Because up to, up to this point of the season, the Chiefs yeah. and the Chargers, there's no other teams in the NFL that beat themselves better than the Chiefs and Chargers. It wasn't a who was going to go out there and win. It was who was going to yeah. go out there and not lose. Because I have a th- my, my belief is the Chief, no one no one this season has just beaten the Chiefs. The Chiefs have beaten themselves oh, in no every doubt. loss this season. Yeah. And same with the Chargers. Every single Chargers game is the exact same. They beat themselves in the exact same way. 66 times in Phillip Rivers' career, an NFL record mm-hmm. where he's lost by one possession, one sure. score. That is almost impossible to do. That's my point. Yeah. This game came down to mentality of who was finally going to take over. What concerns me about it is the Chiefs never really did that. They never just said, you know what? Damn it. This is our game. We're taking it. Patrick, lead us down the field. Call, you know, it, it, well, see, Andy never – go ahead, go ahead. Right there, right there. That's your problem. Man. See, and that's the problem with the defense because mm-hmm. if you notice, when Matt Moore was, was the starting quarterback – they played a little bit more spire. As soon as Patrick comes back, we're right. going to rely on Patrick. So, see, that's that's the problem. That's going to be the problem mm. when the playoffs start because they're going to be depending on Patrick to, to bail him out instead of everybody stepping the game and elevating the game. Look, man, you look, you, I mean, you make good points. The, 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 the only pushback I would say as it relates to Phillip Rivers, I mean, hell, I, I talked about it earlier and, you know, earlier in the day that, you know, this was, this was a game made specifically for the defensive backs because he's going, look, the, <laughs> They Philip Rivers, for his faults, is uh, the biggest fault that I have with him is the fact that he wants to prove that he's still he's still that gunslinger, uh, you know, like he Tight was ten, yeah, ten, yeah. Ten, ten years ago. The problem is that the, you know, kind of like Tom Brady, well, Tom Brady at least wins, but uh, Tom Brady plays with plays the game up here instead of with his arms still, and that's and that's not what Philip Rivers is doing because you know I, I said on a pregame show that how I saw it playing out was. He's gonna he, he's gonna force the ball and he's gonna he's gonna make mistakes because one of the things that if you notice I think they had they had a big win a couple of weeks ago where well, it was the last one where they were running the ball effectively. Now my thing is if you're Anthony Lynn, you beat the Chiefs by running the ball. You remember and, and that's what they were doing in the first half. Like and I'm sitting there thinking like, damn, this I mean I mean, I mean, they just they're just getting big yardages against the Chiefs run defense. And mm. again, that's something that if I'm a coach, that's what I'm going to do against the Chiefs. However, Phillip Rivers, he's looking at it like, I'm going up against this young guy up here, Patrick Mahomes. Patrick didn't have good numbers statistically, but if Phillip Rivers, mind, he doesn't want to get outdone or outshone by, by Patrick Mahomes. So he's going to, he's going to chuck yards. He's going to chuck the ball in the air yeah. because he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to be out, outgunned by this new, you know, by the young kid who was the MVP. So because of that, because of his ego, I knew that the defense could have a chance to have a big game. They did. Yeah. I mean, basically had three interceptions and then one at the end that, you know, just at the end. Where, again, Tyron Matthews makes that interception. We're having a whole different discussion because, again, I just think the way the game <clears> would have been played uh, would have been called differently at that time. But, but, again, to your point, look, you made some very valid points. I just think that, you you know, knowing the opponent and knowing – what I saw Phillip Rivers do against the Raiders, where he had five interceptions, but got saved by two of them based on penalties. 
man, look, I, I knew exactly, you know, what we were up against. Mm-hmm. And then again, and look, and I, I, I'll repeat what I told Lisa Salters, where I thought that Patrick won with the mix of the thin air, the high altitude thin air up there, him being able to sling the ball 80, 85 yards at the time before the game, obviously, yeah. Right. Healthy Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, McCole Harmon, Demarcus Robinson, Travis Kelsey. I thought for sure this is the perfect opportunity for Patrick to, you know, break the NFL record of 554 yards. Mm. I mean, I just, I mean, I just, I did prime time. It was set up for you know, Yeah, it was set up for him. I mean, you know, and my thing was, we're going to get the opportunity because Philip Rivers is going, you know, sling the ball. Like might get some interceptions, might yeah. be a shootout, a lot like the Rams game last year. I mean, to me, it was it was set up perfectly for that. But then obviously the injuries and, you know, what ended up happening. So Yeah, I mean, I was – I was confused by the the game plan of the Chargers. I mean, they ran the ball 19 total times, and they ran and they, successful. And they only ran the ball nine times in the second half. Right. I just I thought, but I mean, that's why I said they beat them. So there's, yeah, there's there's been a formula out there to be how to beat the Chiefs, and the Titans done it, and the and the and the Colts did it, and 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 the, the Texans, Texans did, it. did it too. Yeah, every team that's beat the us Ravens ran, did ran it the too, ball. They just didn't win the game. But yeah, they ran the ball successfully. And so 19 times is obviously we ran the ball 27 times compared to their 19. You know, both of us were averaging right about five yards per carry, too. So if they're average, and they got Austin Eckler and Melvin Gordon out, the two talented running backs that can get the job done. And we've seen it. But I do want to give credit to the Chargers defense, who's been playing a lot better the last couple of weeks. I like, granted they lost to the, the, the Raiders in the ugly win, which was another game they gave away that shouldn't be the Raiders there. Um, but they did beat the Packers. And how did they beat the Packers? They beat the Packers similar to the way they played us. Uh, they controlled the clock as much as they could, and they stopped, they, they did not allow any over the top big plays. And that's why I will give their corners and their and their, their their defensive scheme. They played a lot of zone that kept the uh, the over the top plays from getting you know for, for they took those away from Pat. The only thing is I don't like about that is we allowed them to take those away from us. We didn't challenge them downfield outside of that that deep touchdown to to, to Kelsey, which was a broken coverage, and he just took advantage of it um, just because the smarts that Kelsey has, he knows the game, uh, which was obviously a great throw by Pat. But I just. Um, for me, it's weird, man. Like we 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 play. I know I know it's it's smart to take what defenses give you, but sometimes us being who we are offensively, us being this juggernaut offense, which we're supposed to be, like you said, we should be averaging forty plus points, <clears throat> barring injuries. But still, I I don't understand why we didn't still we weren't challenging them downfield. You know, outside of like I said, a couple of plays to Kelsey, we weren't. Sammy had like four targets and like two catches. Um, none. I don't believe any of those corners out there that can one on one hold Sammy Watkins. Um, well, to that point, let me jump in because yeah. what, what I was told, which was shocking to my ears to say the least, is that uh, Sammy feels pressure when Tyreek is not in the game because, you know, he has that yeah. number one. But I'm like, you're being paid as <laughs> one wide receiver. Right. right? So yeah, that's not that, what you want to hear. Yeah, that, I, I, don't, I don't rock with excuses. <clears throat> yeah, get off the field then if, yeah, that's not, if that's the case. I mean, if that's like, bro, because he had two catches for 26 yards. Right. I thought for the truth, I thought possibly I was like, yeah, did he get hurt? Because I was like, yeah, I can't remember his name really being caught. I'm like, we just played. Man, we played. It, it felt. Right. It felt like we broke out the Alex Smith game plan because the, we 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 just accepted the fact that they're going <laughs> to try to take out take out our deep balls, which they did, and we, we allowed it. Though I want to see it's it's either the game plan is either hyper aggressive or it's hyper conservative. It's to whatever the the feel of the game is going, and I don't really appreciate that. I want to see Andy Reid go out there and just us be who we are and sh- and, and 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 show the identity because we still don't know who this team is this year. We don't, but week by week we look like different teams. You know, it's a little frustrating that we got to kind of keep bending and 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 
molding like clay to whichever team we're playing. And we don't want, I want to be, I want to be that team that we, we the, the defenses know who we are when we come in and we're still putting it on you. Right. I haven't seen, we didn't see, I didn't see us really being aggressive. And I do, I do honestly feel like we were just trying to get out of that. Cause I think the field was shitty. And I think we were trying to get out of that game safe. We already dealt with injuries with Tyreek. We already dealt, both of our running backs got banged up. So I think, I think at that point when, when Tyreek pulled his hamstring a little bit, Andy Reid just kind of said, you know what, let's just try, let's slow this game down. Let's get this win. Let's just get the hell out of here safe. And I get that. I I, I think that had something to do with it. That's at least how it, it had looked. that feel to it. Here's yeah. my thing, though, about that. It wasn't as if the Chiefs were comfortably leading yeah. the game. Like, yeah. even when it was 24 9, game. Yeah, it was stressful. The, the Chargers were moving the ball when they wanted to. They had to, four and opportunities to that, win the that's game. That's what I'm yeah. saying. It's like, I get, the, I get the mentality that you want to keep your team as healthy as possible, especially with the fact that we've been hurt all season long yeah. at key positions. Yeah. The point, though, is you still got to win a damn game. Yeah. And you did everything you possibly game. could to, yeah. to basically give that game back to the Chargers. And Phillip Rivers is like, not today, son. I'm not I'm not winning today. I'm going to throw as many picks as I can to yeah. lose this game. We were, we, resting on that. More. we were resting on the defense performance. Yeah, sure. like Darren said, I mean, he threw an arm punt and Tyron <laughs> couldn't bring it down. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So – that's what's frustrating me about this. Yes, a win is a win is a win is a win. I get all that. Mm. But here we are looking at this team. And I'll be honest with you, like my guy Nick Wright said on FS1, he nailed it when he said this on his show First Things First. He felt better about the team, at least the offensive side, after the Titans game right. than he did after the Chargers yeah, game. And that we was were a still win. challenging them downfield. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Like, I'm not expecting – I'm not going to be one of the fans that expect a Madden game every single week no. where the Chiefs are dropping 40 points a game. My point, though, is like yeah, – right. like, but, but yeah. see, to, to, to Darren's yeah. point, to Darren's point, they should be scoring 40 points Well, a game. we've seen I'm time and time again these, these division games, these teams know each other so well. They're, they're, they're so going to be tight. Okay, Patrick Mahomes' first – like, it wasn't his first official start of his career, but his first as the man. Yeah, Denver. Went in there and dropped – no, it was in L.A. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, week oh, 17, it was in Denver. I'm gotcha, saying the gotcha. first one as the man. Week one, it gets the Chargers in L.A. Right. He drops 38 points, four touchdowns. Has 326 yards – or 256 yards, and four touchdowns. the second game we had, I think it was – Six yeah. touchdowns in yeah, Pittsburgh. Yeah, Pittsburgh, 48. I mean – One of the greatest was, games I've ever seen. Yeah, we just – I'm not expecting that every week. It's an week, extremely conservative game. But it's but when I'm what, to your point, Trevor, what you just said is exactly how I've been feeling too about this team all season long. There is no balanced attack. Mm-hmm. You do not see an offense that has fluidity. It is relying on okay, Patrick, go out there and make a highlight play. Yeah. Okay, you're not going to do that. Okay, we're going to get ultra conservative. It's no, there's no middle ground. You're not dictating anything on this yeah. offensive side. The defenses are not sitting on their heels. Right. Those defenses out there don't look like they're confused. It looks like they know what's coming. You know what? I, I hate to say this, but I said, I said it all this week, which is crazy, is that the difference between this year's offense and last year's is is, is Kareem Nailed it. No doubt. That, that, 100% I mean, agree. Yeah, we don't have a Pro Bowl running back. Yeah. You know, look, I, I thought that the addition of Shady uh, with Damon would be a nice balance attack. But, again, this is all based on everybody being healthy. Uh, before, yeah. literally, literally to me, the offense just just looked so different uh, when you had Hunt, Hill, and Kelsey. And to an extent, Watkins, but he was in and out. He was complimentary. Yeah. yeah, but, I mean, but those three, I mean, those three players with Patrick together – you had to know somebody. Somebody was going to be open, right. and I mean, and you know, everybody says, "Well, you, you know, you can get a run, run back down." Nah, he's a special running back. The screen I, I game only, too. He was incredible. Huh? In the screen yeah, game, he yeah. was incredible. And plus, yeah. he did a lot of us. I, I said the only, the only player who I felt that the, that 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 would have been available that I could see 
that I said the Chiefs should go after this off, you know, this past offseason would have been Le'Veon Bell. Mm. You know, I was for it too. Yeah, but you know, it's gonna make it seem like oh, the money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're trying to win. Yeah, yeah. Right, you know, it's I mean, all see, in this year. See, yeah. see, see, you, you can't have it both ways. Yeah, yeah. You, know what I'm you can let where, it go next season. Where, That's yeah, fine. I mean yeah. because you know, like Jerry Jones, Dallas, you know, they're you know they're in a hard situation. Somehow, some way, the, the Patriots are always all in. It don't look like it with yeah. Brady and his offense, but, but they always end up at the big game at the end of the season. So, you know, teams will the think like the Rams last year, they were all in. They got to Super Bowl. Got there. They might be paying the price for it this year, but they but they, they at least got there. They had a chance to win it. Things didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Chiefs, you look, you were, you, you were uh, uh, five yards away from going. So, if everybody's in Super Bowl to bust, what moves are you doing to put yourself in a position? You didn't make any big moves throughout the season up to the trading deadline. You got all this money underneath the cap. It doesn't carry over the next year. So, again, I'm trying to figure out what are you doing saving all this money when you don't have nothing to show for it. So, you know, for me, it's one of those things that at the end of the day, look, you're not doing to me what it takes to to be all in to win the Super Bowl. And And that's what pisses me off about this, to be honest, Darren, because – I do believe this team, because of the fact the AFC is really weak this year and the Patriots are, are starting to draw some blood, I think that this is I mean, yeah, this is what's pissing me off. Is AFC the is have, weak, but Baltimore, again, Baltimore's not the same team that we beat. So and if the Chiefs have to go to Baltimore, I'm very worried about that game. Yeah. Even if they have to come to Arrowhead, I'm worried because they played they, – they won. the Chiefs won by five points in that game, and they had every reason to lose that game. Yeah. So what well, I think is they're just going to run the ball. And if the Chiefs can't stop it, hell, well, here's another if thing. I, if I'm down our ball, I'm, I'm pushing it. I will give I will give the Chiefs one thing though. In that in that Ravens game, they did not have Tyreek Hill. I will say that, and they still stopped, They still scored 33 points. I will say on the other side of this though, the Ravens are a much better team than they were six to eight, yeah, six to eight weeks Peters. ago. Yeah, they're much they're a much better team now. They haven't lost since that game <laughs> in Arrowhead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, they got, so they, they, got they, 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 they lost against the, the Cleveland Browns. That's the second loss. They oh, lost. I thought they haven't lost since the Chiefs game. I, yeah, maybe was, I'm mistaken. The, no, uh, they, the Browns put it on them. Yeah, they did. Yeah, I, that's yeah, right. Brown, I apologize. Yeah, the Browns, okay. Yeah, uh, yeah, they, they, yeah, they played a match. Yeah, that was a strange. What is it? A six game winning streak though? They're on. It's it's like a six game winning streak. Yeah, and they and they torched the Patriots. They should have won by even more than they did. Yeah. Um, but the point remains is, yes, I agree with you. I think that, the, as we're looking at right now, the class of the AFC is the Ravens. And I am worried because the Chiefs do not look like they are in a position to really take an AFC that I expected them to take over that they can take. I don't know. I, I This team is definitely somebody that can win the Super Bowl. They can put it together because they have all the talent. And Andy Reid's a good enough coach. But well, I'm concerned. Score enough points to win the Super right. Bowl. I don't know if they can actually – Win a Super Bowl based off their defense. Yeah, because to your point about when you said, and I 100% agree, the comfortability factor when they get Mahomes back. I, I actually dropped this stat, I think, two weeks ago on the show. No, it was, it was after the Titans game. That when the Chiefs, uh, when, when without Patrick Mahomes starting and finishing a game this year in the three games he hadn't, the Chiefs defense was only giving up 20 points a game and 95 rushing yards. And the other games that Patrick Mahomes has started and finished, they're giving up over 26 points a game and 171 rushing yards. That is clearly a problem, and I 100% believe it is to the fact that they believe, oh, Patty's back, we're good. We can take a step de- yeah. We can take a step back. That's also coaching. So I don't want to be overly critical here. These are just the raw numbers and just the facts of the, of the situation. There's no excuse for you to give up 28 points to a t- Tennessee Titans offense led by Ryan Tannehill where 75% of their, 75% of their offensive production comes on the, ro- on the run, 
And there is no reason in the world why you should be dropping interceptions. There's no reason in the world why you should allow Phillip Rivers to dictate the first half of a game where you had more possessions. I just I don't see it. I don't I don't agree with it. Yep. I think this team collectively has to take this bye week and use it to their fullest strengths and their fullest abilities because the Raiders are going to come in here. We're going to talk about this later on. The Raiders are going to come in here in Kansas City seven and four or six and five doesn't matter. They're going to believe. That they that they can win this division. So we'll get back to that. All those things. We got a couple of things we need to talk about. Is the first is the one seed out of play for the Chiefs? We'll get back to that after this. Commandeer is Kansas City's alternative apparel brand. They make unique Kansas City themed apparel and accessories with an emphasis on counterculture. They're nominated for two Best of KC 2019 awards in the Pitch Magazine. And have plenty of designs for both sports fans and anyone else. Find them online at commandeerbrand.com or follow them at commandeer on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Soft shirts. Designed with an edge. Back at it again on the Spoken Podcast. I'm your host, Lance Twiddle, here for segment number two in the Casey Beard Co. Studios with my guy, Trevor Twidwell. What's going on? Eddie Ortiz, no yo-yo-yos tonight. I apologize, guys. You're going to have to wait another week for that shit. Uh, in the meantime, we got our guy, The Ship, from 810 Sports Radio WHB. Our guy, Darren Smith, is in the house. How are we doing tonight, Darren? Man, I'm doing good, man. I can't. Appreciate being here. Hell yeah, man. It's always we love having you here, man. It's always a blast. Yeah. We love, like I said, love getting your insight. You're at every Chiefs game. You know, you're you travel with the team practically and you always give us the insight we need, man. To I feel like now I feel like I made you right before you. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we look at it, man. I'm trying to figure out well, I, they played what eleven games so far mm. and four 15 games I've done so far this season, including the preseason. <laughs> Gosh. That's why when you walked in the door tonight, I, mean, I was like, this dude looks like he's ready to crash on the couch right now. Dude. <laughs> and you mentioned hey, that you're man. ready for this bye week more than anyone, hey, probably. Hey, man, I, I talked about it on the show today, man, where I, I just literally, man, I want, you know, I thought about grilling Sunday, but I just want to sit on the couch and just may go to church earlier uh, early in the morning. But other than that, when, when 12 o'clock hits, I won't be bothered. I don't watch football. <laughs> you burned until, it, man. Until, until the end. And actually, I'm most looking forward to next Wednesday because we're off Thursday, Friday, there you Saturday, go. and I go oh, back yeah. to work Sunday go. game. So that's what I'm looking yeah, forward to. There you go. And, and where can everybody find your show, man? Like, uh, give, them, give them your Twitter handle. Give them all the information they can find you at. Ooh, let's see. Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. I finally got it all to be the same. It is uh, at Darren Smith WHB. Uh, you can hear me Monday through Friday. 11 a.m. to 12 noon on ESPN Kansas City, 94.5 FM and 1510 a.m., 1510.com, and via Facebook Live uh, on my personal page or the ESPN page. Um, and uh, after Monday and Thursday night football, during the football season or uh, or after KE plays, uh, uh, from 10 to midnight on Sports Radio 810. Now, if it's after the postgame show, it's going to be more so 11 to midnight. But. Very nice. Heck, yeah. So definitely follow my guy, Darren Smith, guys. He's got incredible content. I always enjoy listening to him, and obviously we love having him here too. So uh, let's get right back to some Chiefs talk. We just finished up to, uh, recapping the Chiefs-Chargers game in Mexico City last Monday night. Uh, we're going to move on from that one, actually. Now we're going to talk a little bit about – there's a couple of topics, and, and actually Darren brought something up, and I want to touch on it briefly before we get to some of the meat of this conversation because I actually agree with him. We talked a little bit more on off-air – uh, between segments, and it, it, it's something I don't feel like a lot of people have yet entertained in Kansas City, but I do believe that there is – I believe there should be this possibility. What I mean by is, is you you kind of said it tongue-in-cheek, but I think it, I think you mean it. Oh, and no, I think we, no, we definitely mean it. We definitely mean it. I don't think it's crazy that the Chiefs bring back Kareem Hunt next season. Reason being – there's several reasons. One, the dude is an amazing running back. 
absolutely changed the, the entire infrastructure of this offense. You saw what it was with him, and now you've seen it without him for a large sample size. This is no fluke three-week sample. This is a season, almost a full season without him now. Actually, it is a full season now. Yeah. We haven't had him since week 11 of last season. Yeah. So we have seen how much different this offense is, even especially in the red zone, how much worse they have been yeah. without him. It's been terrible. So with that considered, not only that, the fact is – it's a great story of redemption for him to come back to where he started, having this situation, wherever side you're on as far as why it happened, should they have cut him, regardless of where you stand on it, the redemption side of it where he's still a young running back that can redeem his uh, legacy, can redeem his uh, view, the way people view him in Kansas City and come back and get that back. The fact that also it's not going to cost any money for the Chiefs, and unless the Cleveland Browns match that first-round offer on the option, they, he's going to be a free agent. So unless the Browns are that serious about keeping him and they're going to match that option, I don't think that there's – I think the Chiefs should do whatever it takes to get him back because although there are good running backs in this draft, you cannot guarantee you're going to get – you're going to match the same value that a 24-year-old Kareem Hunt would give you because we know what he does in this offense. And like you already described, somebody's going to be open. Somebody's going to be open with him in this Ooh, offense. Okay. So maybe we're the first one saying it. But I'm going to be the one that says it, and Darren, you're obviously saying it as well. I think if the Chiefs can do it, and we got a long way to go before that can ever happen, but let's get out ahead of it and say it. If it can happen, it should happen. Trevor, that's what do you think? That's fun as fans to think about and fantasize about that that being a possibility, but do we actually think that that's a possibility? I don't think that's possible. I, I don't think the Chiefs would do it, I think just from the track record Pat, of how we I do think things. Patrick Kelsey and them, you know, here's the thing. It's all a matter of how the season plays out. Right. And look, you I've said thus far it's going to be three, well, now four, that it's usually going to be a running back fumbling the ball, uh, Andy Reid second-guessing himself, uh, uh, Bucker missing a field goal, you know, somewhere during the game where it's going to have an adverse effect, mm. or penalties that will right. keep the team from, from advancing. Now you say, well, Darren, that's obvious. Well, it's only obvious because it seems to happen every week with this, with this Chiefs team. The thing is, though, See, I I, I I like what I like what Lance is because this could be a story about redemption. Yeah. And again, if he if, if he plays well, look, he hasn't been in any trouble since he's since he's been back home in Cleveland is his hometown. He hasn't been in any trouble. But you don't think that Kareem wouldn't mind coming back to Kansas City, not only to prove himself, but to but but you know, to prove to the hunt, say, I made a mistake. I paid the price by when you all got rid of me, and I know I potentially cost this team a chance to go to the Super Bowl. To I was able to humble myself, uh, played well in, in Cleveland, kept my nose out of trouble. They decided to go separate ways. Now, if I come back, I have more to play for than than even the players that are here, right. because you know because I want to get that good name back and to help you all get you know get you know to get over home if they don't if they don't make it to the Super Bowl. So. Look, pride has to come before the fall. They would entertain it, but the question is, is like, quote unquote, we're not going to tell them. It's going to have to be an issue <laughs> where someone has to convince Clark. Yeah. That you know what? Let's take a look at it because you know they they said that he would never play, but my thing is, you can never say never. Right. You know, the only thing I guess you can say never say never to is Colin Kaepernick coming back yeah. playing in the league. But outside of that, <laughs> look, man. If teams are willing to give Antonio Brown a second chance, it's, look, the Patriots of all teams, and, 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 yeah. and even and if the Patriots give this guy a second chance after what he's been accused of or whatever, mm -hmm. then why 
Why, why? Why would you not give Kareem Hunt a second chance? Yeah, the narrative. The narrative like sounds great. I just, just knowing this this franchise and knowing what we're, you know, I just second I chances more, of guys coming back has just I, not been a thing. I think. I think it, again. I think it's more of a pride or an ego thing. Yeah, because, no doubt. You know, because of what you still look, and nobody is going to forget what they saw in the video, mm-hmm. but. He paid his penance. He paid his price. No He's back on the field. I would love it, it, honestly, yeah. personally. And, and, and at the end of the day, fans would look. You can sell it though. If if you can't see, that's the problem. Well, time goes all if, wounds, if, man. If you, yeah, but yeah. if you can, the city they have to know how to sell it. I just don't think that they know how. To, they would know how to sell it because they would find a way to fumble. It. I agree, 100%. and and look, and and, and and I will also call out the Casey Me as well. <laughs> they know that it would probably be a good thing to bring him back. But they also have to have something right to talk about. So no they, doubt. you know, but I would be one that would be defending them all the way through. Like if, if they, if we bring them back, like I'll stand before them. Like, oh, you don't let me cuss. Hey, hey, we, uh, we, we got an explicit tag. You go right ahead, say, say what you want. Fuck yeah, let's bring him Peter's back. Fuck it. Yeah, because I'm like, look, you want to win or you or you. Are you trying to win a Nobel Peace Prize? What the fuck? Right, exactly. And that's how that's how I felt about, especially with Marcus Peters, because they literally traded him for almost nothing. I mean, right. Juan Thornhill Anything. was in that trade, so I like that we have Juan Thornhill. But if you were to ask me right now, who I'd rather have Juan Thornhill or Marcus Peters? I'd say Marcus Peters, and I'm not even going to think twice about it because of the fact oh, that man. although although Marcus Peters has his coverage issues, that since guys. 2015 he has almost doubled the amount of the guy second behind him in takeaways in the mm-hmm. NFL. So I'm not going to. So when they when they traded for him two years ago, when they traded him two years ago. Mm-hmm. The pick ended up being Juan Thornhill. Yes. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I still think I still think they would have got him in the draft. Like, sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. But no. But to your point, look. I mean, Marcus Peters is playing Super Bowl, so let me add something to that. I, let me add something to that. I knew. I knew when he went to the Rams. Let me add something to that about Marcus Peters real quick, and I want to jump back to Cremont after this. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about this tonight before the show because I've had a lot – obviously, I've been a Marcus Peters defender since day one, and I've had nothing but slander that came back at me. And, I, and, and look, I can't change people's minds. If they want to believe a certain way about a certain player, about what he did and what Fuck he stood him. for, yeah. or rather what he knelt for, that's your that's your prerogative. I look at it the other side and I look at it more from the football side, and this dude absolutely improved this defense. I don't care what anybody has to say. They talk about, oh, it was the 30th-ranked defense when he was here the last year. Imagine what it would have been without him. Right. So here's the other part. If this dude is trash, if you want to call Marcus Peters whatever he is, always oh, lazy, he doesn't tackle, things of that nature, most people consider Deion Sanders one of the greatest cornerbacks of all time. What was he known for? It wasn't tackling. It was coverage and it was punt returns. That dude was plays. a playmaker. What is Marcus Peters? A playmaker. Second thought. You can make the case that the Rams were the best team in the NFL last year. Mm-hmm. Who traded for Marcus Peters last year? The Rams. Mm-hmm. And they went to the Super Bowl. You can make an argument that the Ravens are one of the two to three best teams in the NFL this year. Who just traded for Marcus Peters? Right. It, seems like he changes, trash, it seems like he changes things. If he's trash and he's yeah. not good at his job, why are two of the best teams over the last two years trading for him? Again, you, yeah. you know what I'm yeah. saying? That's why I, I want to clarify this. Long, we, have, we have listeners that say this <laughs> yeah. shit to me every week, and I want to clear that shit up. Moving back to Kareem Hunt, you know, it's ironic that people want to say that, you know, he, he you know, I know it's going to come out. Once we make this uh, podcast, we finish up this episode, we're going to have people saying he doesn't deserve the second chance. They made the right choice getting rid of him. Right. Do you guys know who our coach is? Andy Reid, right? He's the coach of second chance. Mm. Yeah. You remember in 2010, who was the quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles? I mean, Michael Vick. Mm-hmm. What, what happened to Michael Vick before that? He went to prison for two years because of what? Dog ring fighting, right? Mm-hmm. Why was he given a second chance? 
Not only that, he's the only he's the only quarterback in NFL history to have two one hundred million dollar contracts. Right. Mm. Andy Reid helped him get back in the He became comeback player of the other year. Michael Vick balled out. Yeah. That team is a playoff team. Pro My year. point in bringing that up is Andy Reid is still Andy Reid. So if you gave me the opportunity to to sit Andy Reid down and said, "Look, you see what your offense is right now. You saw what your offense was in 2018 for the first 11 weeks. It was historically great. Kareem Hunt had almost all of the all to do with that. He is an absolute Patriot killer. Mm-hmm. He had five touchdowns in two games against the Patriots. That isn't that isn't something you just find on the streets. If you can get and I know we're going a little bit long on this segment, but the point remains, and I know, like I said, it's right now it's just a fantasy world we're, we're living in. Right. But it isn't like it isn't reality. It isn't like they can't get him. It isn't like the Browns locked him up long-term, and I'm saying you got to go trade for him. He could potentially be a free agent this offseason. He's 24 years old with no – no, actually, no t- uh, wear, wear and tear on his body right now. He's had no significant injuries. And the last time he played a full season, he led the league in rushing. Well, like Darren said, I think the only way he would come back is if, like, Kelsey and, and Pat kind of teamed up and told Andy, Coach Reed, and, and Clark, you know, hey – you know, that's our buddy. That's our guy. We had success. We already got chemistry. He could come back. He could be that glue, you know, to kind of stick everything together. And, and you, you know, get it for cheap. Right? That's what I'm saying. Right. Yeah. You can have a one-year deal. Discount. Yeah, so. You I, can get him on a Damian Williams deal. One-year, $8 million. Or even if you make it all incentive-based, there's no yeah. guaranteed dollars. You don't think he would take an opportunity to get back oh, on a Super Bowl caliber team where offense, he started? Bro, no doubt, man. He would be. He had 14 touchdowns in 11 or 10 games last season. Right. He was on pace to have an all-pro year. We're all watching it, man. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, myself, myself, and Stephen A. were both like, he's the reason why the Chiefs didn't beat uh, didn't beat. And, and look, I tell you all the time. So look, man, everybody says, "Well, the production didn't drop off." Dude, it, sometimes stuff ain't about numbers. Mm. Look, the Patriots did not fear Damian Williams, nor did they fear Sammy Watkins. Right? They let them do whatever. It was Travis Kelsey, and it was Tyreek Hill. They yeah. said they're going to stop. They both had one catch in the game. They said, "If Bill Belichick said we're gonna take, we're gonna take your your greatest strength away, mm-hmm. greatest strength at that time because Hunt is not there was Tyreek Hill and then Travis Kelsey. Let Damian beat away. us. Yeah. Sammy Watkins had over 100 yards uh, receiving. Yeah. Uh, Damian had 140, uh, 100, 100 yards rushing. Okay. Three so touchdowns. Yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? I mean, but the difference is again, again. The, when, when when you Hunt is such again, you, you just said he had 14, 14 touchdowns. Game right? changer. And no 10, 10 games. games. I mean, yeah. that's look, man. Look, and I took you all time. That's Priest Holmes numbers, man. I took you all time. Uh, look, y'all saw the game mm-hmm. on ESPN. I was there down in the fourth quarter on the field. <laughs> seeing seeing the Rams and the Chiefs go up oh, and yeah. down the field. I mean, understand something. Patrick had six touchdowns, mm. five turnovers. You know what that means? That they had a ball 11 times <laughs> in a 60-minute ball game 11 times. Now, yeah. now he might have had more positioning. Look, there could have been a time where they just didn't score and went three and out. I, I got to go back and watch the game altogether. But 11 times the Chiefs had the ball in a 60-minute game were six touchdowns, five, five, five. Look, man, I mean, that's that's – that's unheard of. Mm-hmm. I mean, with two teams scoring scoring that many points, and granted, the Chiefs look, Chiefs fell in that game, but it definitely wasn't because of the damn offense. Right. You know, I mean, and and Kareem Hunt, I, I man, I you know, I'm a, I got to look at the stats on that game, but I got to see what he did against because I think that might have been his last game against uh, for the Chiefs mm-hmm. in that game. But he's yeah, it was his last game. Yep. He said the bye week the next week, and then the Raiders come into Kansas yeah, City after just that, like, yeah, just like this. So right, yeah, this is uh, I mean, again that. 
he's a special player, man. And like I said, outside of Le'Veon Bell, no, I'm, I'm cool. No, and that's that's where I want to. I don't want to talk too much about. It. Like I said, we, the way I see it is, will it will it happen? Probably not. But I look at I look at Clark Hunt and what he said, and, and I brought up I brought it up last episode. I brought up the episode, the episode before about mm. Clark Hunt actually came out and vocalized his desire for this team to start winning Super Bowls and getting talked about. Let's get that Lamar Hunt trophy it has my dad's name on it. Let's bring that back to Kansas City. And then let's go down to Miami. Let's win a Super Bowl. These are the type of moves that get you to Super Bowls. To getting you the guys that fit this team perfectly, that give you the talent and the capabilities to take the next step. This team has absolutely been hurting without Kareem Hunt. Most people try to play that whole bullshit plug and play. I see people that I respect even in in the media that try to downplay uh, running back relevance and running back value in today's NFL. I think it's absolute horseshit because of the fact that I I can make it very simple. It's very simple. Who would you rather have, Trevor? Barry Sanders or Damian Williams? Uh, Barry. Okay, why? Uh, He's... The Hall of Famer and probably the, He's better. the, the GOAT. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. Who would you rather have, Trevor, LaDainian Tomlinson or Jordan uh, Blaylock? LT. Okay, yeah. that's all i got to say. Yeah, it's, yep. That's So when it comes to running backs, you can't say that you could just play anybody and they'll have the same or equal production because C.J. Anderson came in and played well in the stead of a hurt well, Todd Gurley. That's a load of shit, I man. I will say, too, I, I, I have seen kind of a down trend with our run blocking. I don't think our offensive line has been very good at run blocking this year either. Because um, I do think Damien's talented. I do think McCoy's still got juice. But the thing is that made that, that separated Kareem was his ability to make the first guy miss. Yes. He was the best in the league at making the first guy miss, avoiding the contact. We, how many times have we seen when the offensive line last year would get blown up and he would still – he looked like he was going to get taken down in the backfield three yards back, and all of a sudden he, he makes the first guy miss and, make, and you know gets five, six yards out of it. Right. That's what made him special. Well, and the fact that he could catch out of the backfield. So, oh, like, yeah. like I said, he had 14 touchdowns last season. Mm. Seven of them were receiving touchdowns. No, That's no. insane. Yeah. Go ahead, yeah, Darren. I, I, just, I, was, I, I had to find a Go ahead, man. Nashville's game, man. Kareem Hunt had 17 touches, uh, both rushing and receiving, for 111 yards and, and one touchdown. Mm. Now, if you remember the game, Patrick had 500 yards of offense just by right, right. 478 and 28 yards. Like look at that, look at that Browns game so, real quick. Yeah, five, so 500 yeah. And, and six yards of total offense. And then you look at see, and this is how important Kareem Hunt was his passing game. Tyree Kill, mm-hmm. 10 catches, 215 yards. Travis Kelsey, 10 catches, 127 yards. Right. What was, was the last time? The ultimate complimentary piece. What man. was the last time you saw Tyreek and Travis Kelsey have 20 combined receptions in a game? It was right. probably that game. Yeah. Now those games aren't going to happen all the time. The point that Darren, I think you're trying to make is it's that much easier for your offense to do what they were doing last season mm-hmm. when you have a guy like Kareem Hunt. That's the whole point. Right. So, again, we're not talking about this as if it's some pipe dream that will never happen. It is very possible that the Chiefs are serious yeah. about getting this offense back into what it is and what it can be. Make the right call. Let this. Let the redemption story come to pass. Yeah. Let him give, give him the opportunity to make it right in Kansas City because if we know anything about sports fans, when you come clean and you admit your fault and you keep playing – People will forgive you, and it isn't I'm like it's. Keep talking about that from from now to the end of the season. <laughs> Absolutely, but here's somebody gonna have to. Address it's, a, that. it's a culture problem for it's me, a, man. It's I, a just don't, I don't trust the culture of Kansas City but here's to the be thing. forgiving like that. Because everyone out here holds a fucking grudge. Here, towards yeah, I agree. Like I agree. That. But here's the thing: yeah. it isn't like the Chiefs would be doing him a favor. Right. 
He'd be coming in here, and automatically we'd be yeah. RB1. It would show that we want to win, and I think fans, fans would uh, want that. But. That's the point, and that's, that's, the, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. You bring him back. At I'm, first, at first, you're going to get your typical, you know, people, I'm not watching Chiefs football this year. But once the Chiefs uh, start I'll to set start up, dropping I'll set up a GoFundMe go right look, now. I, I, I yeah. disagree with that because, look, you're going to look. Because when they cut, when they cut Hunt, and then, and then you saw the Cleveland Browns pick him up. Everybody was going crazy, but because what ended up happening is you saw you saw Baker Mayfield, Travis Landry, Odell Beckham, uh, David Joku. Yeah, that lineup and, was I mean, nasty. So, 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 so you look at all these players, all these quote unquote players that could you know possibly score points. And then when Tyree Kill situation comes, you know everybody's like, "Well, cut him." But then it was like. Well, hell, yeah. if you cut him, yeah. shit, John Dorsey's going to pick him up. And, and then yeah. Cleveland's going to get him. Yeah, you know, and then they're going to be like, uh, well, no, hold on to him. Yeah. You saw what happened. <laughs> hold on to him. So, again, you know, yeah. look, at the end of the day, fans can say all that they're not. Look, if the Chiefs signed Colin Kaepernick, you know, fans would fans will trip. Mm-hmm. But if Patrick Mahomes went down and 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 uh, and Colin flinged it out and and, and threw a seventy yard bomb to Tyreek Hill and he got mad, like everybody in the fucking stands would be taking a absolutely. Oh, yeah. If him, <laughs> um, look, one thing one thing I learned about fans is, is short for fanatic. I don't look that that that's why I look. I I like to interact with fans, but I can only do so much because at the end of the day. They finicky because I tell you, man, look, I tell you, you're full of shit because if at the end of the day, if it means getting a Super Bowl, I don't give a fuck. You're going to sell right. your daughter if, yep. for, for, for Patrick Mahomes <laughs> and this team to go down to Miami uh, to play in the Super Bowl and, and have a chance to win it. You can't say that you wouldn't because you would. All right. Because cause that's how crazy y'all are right now <laughs> about, about the Chiefs in this offense because I saw on hand 30,000 fucking people down in, down in Nashville, Tennessee, Lose their damn mind when the team lost to Nashville the whole week. Oh, it was fire Andy Reid. Get rid of blah, 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 blah. If Andy Reid would have lost that game again or the team would have lost again in the same manner or in a new manner in Mexico City, they'd be freaking out because they'd be like, well, what happened to the Super Bowl team that we're supposed to have? So Yeah, yeah. I, I 100% trust me. Honestly, I can absolutely Slave vouch for what you're man. saying. Yes, yeah. and I, I can be the same way about you know being knee-jerk and things of that nature, but one thing I can break down is something logical as – if you can bring back a talent that clearly showed that he was the perfect fit for your offense, you have to make that happen again. He can, he can absolutely come back and make what right what was wrong. And I think that is the absolute best story that you could possibly have. And you can really spin it. You can really spin it and make yourself look good too as a franchise if you do something like that. So it benefits everybody because you get better as a team and you get better as far as the perception because you're giving someone a chance. And like you just said, Darren – Andy is the coach of second chances. He's done it 10 years ago with Michael Vick. He can do it again with Kareem Hunt, and I'll leave it at that. So we're going to take a short break. When we come back, guys, like I said earlier, because I did say that I was going to make a, make that very long, but we kept going. That was awesome because I think that was some great content. But yeah. when we come back, I want to talk about the one seed because I know right now it seems it's a little written off because the Patriots have one loss, the Chiefs have four. But this is a stretch right now where the Patriots could really lose a couple games, and it could be really interesting if the Chiefs start to re- rally off a few wins. We'll get back to that after this. Casey Hemp Company, your most trusted CBD provider in Kansas City, shipping nationwide. Ancient plant for a new age health. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram at Casey Hemp Co. Back at it on the Spoken Podcast for segment number three. I am your host, Lance Twidwell, here inside the Casey Beard Co. Studios with my guy, Trevor Twidwell. What up? No Eddie Ortiz, but we have the man from the ship, 810 Sports Radio WHB. Mr. Darren Smith. Darren, how are we doing tonight again? I'm going to ask you for the third time because i got to update you every segment, man, because this is a you lot. You have to answer. I mean, 
It's like watching a Breaking Bad episode. At the end of it, you just get worn out, you know? Same as it was first two times. Glad to be a part of the show. Glad to be a part of the show. Thank you for the invite. Thank you so much for being here. Um, We just just got done touching on Cream Hunt. If you guys have any thoughts or opinions on that, we would love to hear you. Hit us up on uh, Twitter. Don't at me, dog. I'm ready for it if you try to bring it. Some slick shit. No quote tweet shit. You know what I mean? (laughs) I'm horrible at quote tweeting, but uh, it's kind of a passive aggressive thing to be honest. But no, uh, follow us on Twitter at the Spoken Pod, and then uh, follow us on Facebook. If you actually join the group, just look up the Spoken and join us, and you can talk whatever you guys want to talk about, man. That's what we're here for. We've been doing it since 2010. So um, I actually want to talk about something else that's a little controversial, maybe not as controversial as the last topic we just brought up as far as Kareem Hunt and a little Marcus Peters, but. For the last couple of weeks, I have been saying that I feel like the Chiefs shouldn't rule out the one seed. Now, I know right now, as it looks, it seems crazy. The Chiefs have four losses. They've lost, what is it? I think they're two and four in their last six games. You know, th- there's a lot to say, okay, this team's not winning the one seed. But then I thought about it, and I look back at last year, and I know this is, a, you know, it, it, this is kind of a, not a cop-out, but a kind of a, a cliche thing to say. But the Chiefs were 12 and four last year and won the one seed. Right. You know, and I look at it and I'm thinking, okay, if the Chiefs have an opportunity because we got a lot of home games coming up against divisional foes, and Andy Reid has absolutely dominated the AFC West. So there is a chance the Chiefs could run the table. And I think their only road game left, or the only road game I can think of right now, is the Bears. And we know the Bears are a done team as it is. So it isn't impossible that the Chiefs could run the table still in the Patriots game, yeah, too, obviously. Yeah, it's in Foxborough. Yep. Yeah, so, so, so obviously there's that's a huge road game right there. That could be a loss, but the Chiefs could absolutely win that Take game. That ass. So here we are looking at this and looking at the Patriots schedule, too. Yeah. They have a tough Cowboys team this week, and a lot of people are starting to slowly get on the side that the Cowboys could win this game. Now, I don't want to sit here and break this one down because the Patriots could very well win this game, too. I think they're actually, what, a six-and-a-half-point favorite, if I'm not mistaken. So th- there's there's the expectation that, that the Patriots are going to lock up that one seed. But what my point is, is I hope, at least from my perspective, I'm hoping that the Chiefs are still trying to fight for the best seed possible. Mm-hmm. And until that one seed is locked up, I'm not going to be a fan that's okay with the Chiefs deciding, you know what, let's punt on the one seed. Because until, again, until there is no way possible for the Chiefs to get the one seed, if they're eliminated from that possibility, I feel like they should absolutely go for it and give yourself the best opportunity to give yourself the easiest road to the Super Bowl. Darren, what are your thoughts? Well, sorry that you've been listening to my show because I know I've been talking about the last couple of years. Hell yeah, you know I do. About, about, uh, you know, the Patriots, especially after I think after they beat Cleveland, I knew that they would. They had a bye week, but I knew that they were coming up on a on a five game stretch between the Ravens, between uh, the Eagles, the Cowboys. Next week, the Texans, and then of course the Kansas City Chiefs. And I felt they were Aiden. I think they were Aiden at the time before they lost to to Baltimore. I was like, they could easily be eight and five. You know, at the end of it, uh, you know, just because the other teams that they were playing were were, were pretty good teams. Uh, I'll be honest. The the Eagles they let me down. Yeah, I, thought, I mean that was a winnable game for yep. them. Carson Wentz, I think, got exposed to an extent to where he may not. You know, where they may have got rid of the wrong quarterback uh, in Philadelphia. Well, he didn't have Alshon Jeffrey in that game either, which was a loss for him. Still, not, he looked they, horrible. No, no, he did. Yeah, he looked. But they, they keyed in on Zach Ertz and I took mean, him out they, of the game. But, you know, but they've been suffering injuries all season. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Uh, but you know, Nick Foles would have found. You know that. That that close of a ball game, Nick Foles, I believe, would have made plays to yeah. make these happen. And and, and well, I don't want to go back. It's still a one score game, that. though. Yeah, yeah. But when I look at that, for me, I'm with you because I still think the Chiefs could run the table. However, 
It's not New England I'm worried about. Mm. It's the Ravens because it's hard for me to see the Ravens really pretty much. I got I got to see the rest of the schedule, but I don't know if they lose another game going through. I mean, now the Patriots could easily lose Sunday. I actually have the Cowboys winning Sunday, so I can see them losing. Deshaun Watson, he's taking that next step. It's going to be in in Houston on mm-hmm. Sunday Night Football. Yep. I could see them raising their game and taking down. Uh, taking down the Patriots, where now the Patriots are nine and three, I believe that would be, or yeah, nine yeah. and three. So if that you know, if that were the case, uh, you know, I mean, I, I could see that happening. And then of course, Chiefs going to the game, and if they beat if they beat the Raiders, it'd be eight and four. So you know, so 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 now you beat you beat you beat the Patriots. Now both teams are nine and four. Yeah, and so now you just need. Uh, Baltimore to lose two games, and then and, and but now the other thing is you still have to have uh, the Texans lose a game because they got the tiebreak over you. So the Chiefs would go from the Patriots could end up falling from one to four, while the Chiefs move up to number three, and then you have to hope that uh, uh, the Texans lose another game where the Chiefs jump them and they're the number two yeah. seed. But then you still have to figure out a way for Baltimore to lose two games just so you can tie. And have a, and have a head to head. Yeah, and and, and so. to your point about the Ravens, they have a rough three game stretch yep. coming up. They have yeah, to go, exactly. they have to go to the Rams. Yeah, they have to play the San Francisco 49ers, and then they have to go to Buffalo. That so, isn't a hard. That isn't a, like a murderer's row. The Rams, I think the Rams so, are a good team that can catch them. The matchups well, though. Well, the, the well, Brandon Cooks back. Well, well, well. Okay, so they have the Rams this the, this Monday. Night. Yes, mm-hmm. I got I got to beat the Rams because the Rams have a show. That they can score enough points. We see my problem with the Rams yeah. is their offense now. Well, sure, Jared Goff. Sure. Defensively, right. eh, look, you still got to stop the run because they're going to run. Yeah, and, and and nobody's figured out a way to really stop uh, a Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. Like I said, the Chiefs got him early, then the Rams caught him slipping. I, I mean, not the Rams, but the Browns caught him slipping. So um, now the 49ers, That's going to be a great game. Now again, yeah. look, look, man. Uh, this kind of off subject, but Sunday's games, there's a lot of great games yes. that have a lot of implications. Playoff implications yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's I mean, the, best time the, the, year, the Sunday night game, you got the Packers 8 and 2, mm-hmm. uh, 49ers 9 and 1. And then, of course, you know, looking at the Monday night game. And then, of course, the early part of the game, you got Seattle. Who's, Seattle plays Eagles. Uh, the, the Eagles. So, yeah. I, mean, you, I mean, so. It's a must again, win for the Eagles, too. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. again, for me, all day, I don't want to bother. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. I, I I'll be making sure to message you throughout yeah, the day. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> man, I, I don't care women walking across me naked. That ain't going to look. That's not going to distract me on Sunday. This Sunday, I'm calling your bluff on that one. I uh, love might be the only yeah, thing. Trevor, will tell you, this Sunday, <laughs> this Sunday, all that you can going to distract me with is some ribs going across. There you go. Yeah. I'm, but, I'm, but I'm not Shout out to Gates. Guy. Shout out to Gates. But, 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 I mean, but look. I mean, those, those are great points. Look, I think the Chiefs I think the Chiefs can do it, but again, I, it's hard for me to see Baltimore losing two additional games. Uh, now, look. See, again, the game against the Titans hurt. Because mm-hmm. you know you win that game, you're eight and th- you know you win Mexico City, you're eight and three. Now again, now I see because I, I had the Cowboys. I always said the Cowboys winning against the Patriots, and I had the Texans winning. Now they got three losses. Now you come, now you come to Tom Brady's uh, uh, house. Now the last time the Chiefs beat them, Alex Smith was the starting quarterback in the start of the uh, 2017 season. Mm-hmm. But now Patrick, you went up there. You know, yeah, yeah, I went back and forth, but you left too much time on the clock. Well, Brady, Brady marches down, walk off field goal. You know, so now, and see, the thing is, man, 
the thing that worries me, man, again, it, it falls to coaching, it falls to Andy Reid. Yeah. Because you don't know what kind of what kind of game he's gonna he, he's he's gonna call right. and and you know they don't really make they they don't really make in game adjustments. He has said as such, yeah. which is just mind fucking blowing it's to terrifying. me. Where it's just, how do you not make in game in game adjustments? Yeah. Like I, I think it was the the green the Green Bay Packers. The Chiefs had the lead going into going into halftime at Arrowhead, mm-hmm. and they didn't make any adjustments. After the break, but the Packers did. That's how they end up winning. Yeah. Right, exactly. So, I mean, Drew, what do you what do you think about this? I mean, do you feel like the Chiefs' mentality should be let's go for the one seed? Still, oh, you have know, to. We're three I mean, games but, behind. Yeah, you have to yeah. go. You have to go for it. But unfortunately, we're not. We're not in. We're not in the uh, position to control yeah. our own destiny. Yeah. You know, we have to depend on other teams losing, which sucks because, like, like last year, we we were in control of our own destiny. All we had to do was take care of business, and we barely squeaked that out that first seed. But Right now, man, we just, I mean, on our schedule, you know, we got three divisional games coming up at our place. Those are games we win. Those are games we have to win. And those are games I expect us to win. The Patriots and the Bears could be a challenge. Arrowhead Arrowhead hasn't been Arrowhead this year. I get that. But I do, at this time of year, when we have that chip on our shoulder that, you know, with those defensive games, I do, I do believe Patrick hasn't really shown out much this year. And I think he wants to take advantage of this second half of the season to really just ball out and, you know, play balls to the wall. I think this bye week, you know, get everybody healthy for this last push. Um, yeah, we have to – I think we have to go for it because you want that bye. You do want that bye. But I just – like you said, man, the Baltimore is rolling. Their defense is getting better. The Patriots – I could see the Patriots losing a couple of games just because their offense has been absolutely horrible this year. Um, but it, we just got to win our games that week. We only play the, the hands the, – the, the deck of hands that we're, that we're given, and if I that's can, it, man. If, if I could jump in for a second. Yeah, yeah. Here's the other thing, too. Having all foot advantage in the playoffs didn't mean shit for us last year because we lost to the Patriots at home. Mm-hmm. And we had everything, everything going for it. Had the weather. It was negative degrees, snow, mm-hmm. ice. It did not matter. They still came in and found a way to win. And then here's the thing. The office only scored three first half points. Right, right. And if I think it was twenty to three at half, and then, yeah. and, then, and then you, then the offense was forced to score some look thirty one points. Mm. Yeah, but it was an act of God where they scored twenty four points in a three minute span. Yeah, three minutes. Now, just think about that. Three minutes at towards the end of the game, then we scored twenty four points. Yeah. Yeah. What they were doing the other the first half and the rest. Again, and furthermore, you know, Tom Brady had three. Was it? Two, he should have had three interceptions right. in that game. The Chiefs won the turnover battle in that mm-hmm. game. For God's sakes, I mean. Well, that's the thing is that, yes, I agree with you about the home field advantage didn't really equate for them that season, but this team's different this year. Oh, and, I, and, and I have a feeling, especially with, you know, the way things have been this season, I would tend to believe, and ironic as it is, for the Chiefs having a losing record at home so far this season. Well, yeah, and you yeah. look at Pat's numbers, and ironically enough, his numbers have been better on the road throughout his career so far. Right. He's, he, when, he, when he feels that pressure, I think he steps up a little more on the road where he yeah. knows that. You know, maybe maybe that energy from the opposing fans kind of pulls something out of them that, you know, we've seen LeBron have, you know, like the games against Celtics sure. in the playoffs and stuff where he just channels that inner you know, beast. I just, I just think that we all could agree, though, in a consensus that we would much rather see the Chiefs, let's say we're in the AFC Championship. As a fan, we'd we much, be, no, no, I'm saying yeah. just period. We'd rather see the Chiefs hosting an Arrowhead no than doubt. going to New England, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. I would feel that way oh, in the AFC Championship. Yeah. If I had my way, it would be just simple and plain. I'd rather us be in Kansas City than at Gillette. I'll be honest. I'd rather see them <laughs> go in there and take them no, out. No, no, I'd rather see them in a dorm environment. Or hey, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, it's gonna be cold. I think no matter where the AFC Championship is, because honestly, guys, 
No disrespect to the Houston Texans. I Until I see them actually play as a full team, I'm not going to put them in the same echelon as the Ravens and Patriots right now. I think the Chiefs are the only team right now that can still be respected because of the fact they have Patrick Mahomes. They have the offensive talent that they have, and they can click. Yeah. Will they? I don't know if they can. They can, though. That's the difference. Houston, I, I, Texans. I got to respect it because Deshaun Watson's that guy. Like, sure, yeah. When, 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 when the chips come down, Mm-hmm. And look, I, I I put my trust in, in him over over Indianapolis or, or even even Lamar Jackson. See, the the problem that he has is his, is his head coach because right. he has the wrong head coach for the talent of his. Mm-hmm. And the you know the worst part about it is when he succeeds, Bill O'Brien succeeds, and that's you know and, mm-hmm. and it's like he has to fail, which is something I don't want for. But he has to fail for Bill O'Brien to not be there for him yeah. to get the right coach. Yeah, uh, but 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 to your point, yeah. but but to your overall point, uh, I'm with you on that. I, I just think, I just think that he can do enough. He can do enough offensively on his own because he is a special player, just like Patrick Mahomes is, where he can make things. And, and I will say this because we're saying this now, based off of what we've seen so far in the season and after last night's game. But come back in two weeks after uh, after they play the Patriots. And 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 and, t- and you know, see if you have that same had that same thought process because sure. when when he plays Tom Brady, he I mean he, he's special. I mean, the first time he played him as a rookie, I think he threw for almost four hundred yards, if not more. I mean, and and, and he and I mean when he played the Chiefs' his rookie season against Alex Smith while Patrick was on the bench, he threw for five touchdowns. I mean, the dude the dude is special. He, yeah. I mean, he, he gets up for big games. There's a reason why he's one of the best college football players ever played sure. for what he did against Alabama. At the biggest stage in the national championship game, yeah. a hundred thousand people two years in a row, yeah, losing no. one and win a championship. So, um, so I, I respectfully disagree with you sure. on on just that part because I think he is special enough where you know he has a talent and just like Lamar Jackson, man. Like this, this is a year, man. Where seriously, if Tom Brady somehow gets the Super Bowl again against Mahomes. Jackson and Watson in in this year's the way these teams are playing. If he gets that now, look, that says something about his greatest and Bill Belichick as well because these three players are playing are playing at, at a higher level than than Tom Brady. Where again, it's hard for me to think, man, one that, that they're what eight eight and one nine and one. Yeah. but you know, but again, if, if if one of these three teams can't knock off the Patriots, that's a problem. That's and that, that's where I'm at right now because of the fact that. And to to your point about Deshaun Watson, I've been a humongous fan of this guy ever since. I actually, when I was talking about drafting quarterbacks, the first one I off my board, I was like, man, if we get Deshaun Watson, I'm gonna be very happy. I saw this kid from you know, oh, Texas I, Tech. I I'm like, shit. If, draft him. I, I was out, but yeah, I, I like I this kid from Texas Tech too. I was like, man, let's we can get this dude too. I'm I'm happy with either one of these guys for the record. I didn't know about Mahomes. So I, I I will admit to Magnus on that, but I knew about Watson because I yeah. watched him. And I was like, this dude is a leader. He's a winner. And he was torching Alabama back-to-back national championships. Just one one decided to win, one decided not. The the point is this, is that I look at the Texans, the way I look at them, I look at them as a poor man's 2018 Chiefs. The reason I say Mm -hmm. that is because Bill O'Brien is not Andy Reid. Deshaun Watson's great, but he's not Patrick Mahomes. They lost their best defensive players. Their secondary is even worse, in my opinion, than the Chiefs were last season because of the fact you saw – look. I mean, the Ravens had light work on it. It was an easy 41 they put on them. It wasn't even effort. That was an effort. They put 41 on them like it was no one's business. That de- They cut Colvin to sign Philip Gaines. That's how bad their secondary is. 
They're horrible. So then to me, they're a poor man's 2018 Chiefs. Yeah. So until I can see, let Deshaun Watson win some playoff games, and I will give them all the respect in the world. I just don't believe around. I don't believe about the. I don't believe in the coaching and the team around him. I think he's more than capable. I think he's Super Bowl worthy. I think he's got the talent to do it. But they rely on him too much. That's the problem yeah. with the Ravens. It's a whole other beast. This team has taken it to another level. I think they are Super Bowl worthy, and I think the Chiefs better take them seriously. They have to face them in the playoffs because they think they are the team that could take the Chiefs down. The Patriots, you always have to respect them. It's more about Belichick now. You know, there's always been that debate about who is it more, Brady or Belichick. It's clearly Belichick now because Tom Brady is a shell of what he once was. Could he turn it on? Yes, but he doesn't have the horses or the dogs for it. Their offense is thin and depleted so much so there's even the talks about all season long we've been talking about Gronkowski might return. He's selling CBD products. And we got AB out here practically just committing career suicide on Twitter on a daily basis. They're talking about kicking the tires on him again. That's how desperate they are on offense. So, no, the Patriots, the only reason they scare me is because Belichick and the way he can scheme a defense. The team that I fear the most about that they can, that they can beat the Chiefs in the playoffs this year is the Chiefs. I've said that for two years now. That's what we do. They are the well, Chiefs. All, the they always beat themselves. All four of their losses this season have been at the hand of themselves. No team. I mean, what is it? A 25-26 game win? Or no, it's actually 35. I think 20, 35 games straight. The Chiefs have not lost a game in by double digits. Oh yeah, yeah. We don't. Yeah, we don't do they're, that. They're going for an NFL record on that. Yeah, we, well, like, they, we like to keep well, it close. Is, well, as long yeah. as you got Patrick Mahomes, you have a chance. You're not going to get blown out. Mm-hmm. Right. You, I mean, if you that goes back to Alex Smith's days. Yeah, but but yeah, but Alex Smith just can't think. I mean, you, you can <laughs> you can blow them out if 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 you got if you got uh, Patrick Mahomes. Again, the issue is. Uh, just the defense. I, look, man, you, you make make valid points, and I mean, to your point, when you were going to your draft, you obviously thinking like, shit, the only team that can beat the Chiefs are the Chiefs. And right. Again, you know, it, it's gonna it, it's gonna be dumb things that they do. A Shady McCoy fumble, Damian Williams fumble, uh, a, a drop, a, drop, a surefire drop interception, Andy Reid taking his foot off the gas pedal. You know, saying a Steve Spagnuolo not blitzing or not or not making a defensive adjustment where you just see it, Bryce. They like what the holy fuck? Yeah. yeah, I mean, and so and then, and then then I got to go into the press room and hear Andy Reid with the same yeah, skill. Get better. You know, it was my fault. I had a, had a team prepared. Like fuck, man. It, it, yeah, it's your fault. But who's going? You know, yeah, okay. So you know, then somebody like my smart ass will say, <laughs> "Well, Coach Reed said it's your fault. Who's going to take the blame?" So, I mean, who's going to – because you had a chance to take Team Super Bowl. You said that you wouldn't – are you the right coach for this team? Yeah. Now, that might be my last press conference. <laughs> <laughs> but at least I'll ask that question. Yeah. you got to ask some real questions, though, man. And so, Darren, and Cheryl, yes. I want to get yours on this too. Yeah. Real quick before we take this break, how do you see the AFC shaping up as far as seedings are concerned as it currently stands? I'll let him answer first. Uh, I have, if I'm going to predict it right now, which, I mean, there's so many outcomes that could happen. Um, but I think the Chiefs are going to get the second seed with the, with the the advantage over the Baltimore Ravens. I, I think the I would, just from my knowledge of watching so much NFL and watching the Patriots year in, year out, just own their absolute trash division. Um, yeah, they got a couple tougher games down the stretch, but so do the Ravens. And I, I, would, I would count on the Ravens blowing a couple games uh, just to due to the lack of experience of Lamar Jackson, not saying that he's not great and he's the runaway MVP right now, right. but I do see him. He has had some issues with holding on to the ball sometimes or some funky turnovers. I can see that costing him down the uh, down the road here, down the stretch, dropping a game they shouldn't have. Um, 
And I don't see Brady really doing that. I see them just playing the safe game, depending on their defense to play, keep it close, and just squeaking out their wins the rest of the way. Um, I, I do think we're going to beat the Patriots, but I do think we're, I think we're going get, to get, get, get the second seed and we will host a game. Um, and with having that tiebreaker over the Ravens, so I just I don't I don't see the the Patriots really dropping any games. I think they're they're going to win most of the games the rest of the way. So, well, if that's the case, mm. the, I mean, if the Chiefs would have beat the, the Chiefs would have beat the Patriots, that drops the Patriots down to at least a three. My my, mm. my issue is, um, I see the Ravens overtaking uh, the Patriots to mm. get the number one seed because look, whether it's this week next week or against the Chiefs, I think the Patriots lose one of these next three games. Uh, to that point, I think the only game that stands in the way uh, for the Ravens is going to be the 49ers. Mm-hmm. If they beat the 49ers, I mean, I, I just don't see them losing. Now, I can see what they do Sunday, Monday, obviously, against the Rams, but uh, well, we don't. But so, I actually have them losing against the Rams, but yeah. Okay, so, but I have, I have them pretty much running the table because mm-hmm. you got to be able to, to show me that you can line up every down and stop the run. If you can't stop that run, he's gonna he's gonna kill you with his legs and then he's gonna hit you hit you with his arms. And so if you if you can't find the right mix for that, boom. And so I think the Chiefs, I think the best the Chiefs will be able to do is a third seed. Um and as much as much as I'm I am road weary, trust me when I tell you. But maybe the Chiefs Need to be on the road so they don't have to deal with the stress of winning at home and the pressure yeah. of winning at home. Um, now, I think that they'll host a wild card, a wild card game, and then go on the road. And it, it, it just depends on who they draw in the playoffs. And I, again, we don't know. At the end of the day, the NFC is such a strong, oh, such yeah. a strong field. But uh, I, I, man, as we really do. Thought a good question. I think I'm gonna have the Ravens number one, the Patriots number two because I just again I can see them losing these next three games. Choices sure. will they? Yeah. Um, now if they do, if they if they do, if the Chiefs see my problem with the Chiefs is I just don't know if the Chiefs if the, see I, it comes down to Andy Reid. Andy Reid is a yeah. he is a, he's, he's like five he, different teams this year. He yeah. he's the ace of space for him because I don't know I don't know what kind of, you know what the team is going to look like mm-hmm. from from game to game where you think that they're going to win and then they lay an A. But since you got a gun in my head, I'm going to go Ravens, Patriots, Chiefs, uh, Texans, Buffalo, and Indianapolis. perhaps Indianapolis. No, I think the Raiders. I think the Raiders might end up okay. with a better record. I'm going to have to – man. I'm looking at these schedules right now. I got the Chiefs running the table the rest of the way. That's why I have Look, the second seed. I, I can't believe I'm saying this because I had this team winning three games this season. I think the Raiders are going to get that six spot. Yeah, yeah. I think that you look at the rest of their schedule, they have the Jets, Chiefs, Titans, Jacks, uh, 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 Jaguars, Chargers, and Broncos. I see maybe two more losses in that because they've, they have – over, I see they, one loss. That's, just the that's what I'm saying. I'm being charitable. Like you know, you have like that <laughs> loss. You just can't explain. The Jets can beat them. But the Jets can beat them. The I'm not. I, I don't know Jets. if I'm picking that. Uh, Buffalo, I do think is going to sneak in there too. But you know, they're seven and three right now. They look. You know, they're they're probably the most under talked about playoff team right now. You know, in the entire NFL. Reason being is I think that they just they've kind of well they have capitalized on the second easiest schedule in the NFL this, to this point of the season. But they have Dallas in Dallas. They have the Ravens. 
They have Pittsburgh and they have uh, still the Patriots. I see two or three more losses in that part of the schedule. I, I got a hot take for you. Do if, it. If, uh, unless it's Oakland Chiefs, I think, I think Oakland wins. Wins wins if, they, if they're the number six seed or five seed. I think Oakland wins. Wins the wild card game. And, and Woo, against the Chiefs. Well, no, I said unless they're, unless they're playing the Chiefs. Oh, yeah. If, if I just, face, I, yeah. No, if, if they face the Chiefs, I think they're yeah, I mean, we, yeah. we just got done watching the Raiders. You, you have the Raiders advancing in the We just playoffs. got done watching the Raiders they struggle that against the worst team in the NFL against the Bengals. So barely squeak out a one-score win. I, know, so I, get that. I have no faith here's the, in the Raiders. Here's the, about, here's the thing about the Raiders this year real quick before we take this break and, and I get to the rest of the scenes. They're winning the games they're supposed to be winning, though. That's the thing is they're beating the teams on their schedule. So well, like you have to, said, just, so if you get enough wins, you're going to make the playoffs is what I'm saying. I'm not saying they're a great team. No, I'm no, saying I'm based on the AFC yeah, being yeah, weak yeah. and the Colts having a tougher schedule than them down the stretch, I, would I think the they Colts get squeaked. And, they, and they own the tiebreaker on the Colts too. You got to sure, remember that. Sure. Yeah, so yeah. that's the other thing. They, they played have Brian up, they, that game, but yeah. If they, well, I'm saying if they both end up going 9-7, and seven, the Raiders get the get the advantage. That's all I'm saying. And then the Raiders go 11-5. That could happen. And, 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 that it's see, not and, ridiculous. And, 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 I know we gotta take a break. Yeah, you're fine. Nah, defense man, is trash. Let me let me tell you something. John Gruden. Look, and, and, and also let's let, let's not forget about the Pittsburgh Steelers because they they, yeah. they do have an outside shot. Yep. Yeah. But as a, as a relation to the Raiders, they're doing. See, and I tell people, Chiefs should have lost that game against uh, against the Raiders uh, in Oakland because had had. You know, had John Gruden not try again, try to get caught up in this in this quarterback stuff with his quarterback and Patrick Mahomes, you run that ball with that rookie, Josh Jacobs. Mm. I'm telling you that. Not good old line and, too. And, 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 and remember, this is December and January where the weather's going to be inclement. Yep. You're going to have to run the ball. Yep. And if you can't stop the run. They're gonna be running the ball all day long. John John Gruden understands that. Yeah, he's got the horse for it too. Yeah, I don't like them this week though. Um, get going East Coast against the Jets. Yeah, that's in, possible. In New York. I just. I, they, they you got lose. the Jets one. Yeah. It could happen, and they show the West Coast teams traveling since. They won two uh, straight. What is it since like uh, things like 2014? Uh, West Coast teams traveling East Coast is like 80 and 116 yeah, yeah. like that. Uh, but anyway, thirty percent, twenty five percent chance of winning. Right, and so and to my point, and, and now that I've taken care of the my wild card teams, my, my fourth spot. I actually have the Texans taking the four spot. They're six and four right now. Um, it was a big win. Seven and four. I'm sorry, they're seven and four right now. Yeah, was a big I look win. at their schedule. I don't. But the I, same as the Chiefs too. Yeah, so. I don't. I don't have them. I don't have them beating the Patriots. And I think because they have sandwich games of the Titans, then Bucks, then Titans, they lose one of those games to the Titans because that's the type of team the Titans are. They'll win one of those that games. I think the Titans. I think the, the Texans finish ten and six and get that four seed. Then I have the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs will run the table. I think they win the rest of their games. That is including New England and in Chicago. They finish 12-4. and four. The AFC is going to have a highly touted win total up top. The reason why? The Patriots are getting the two seed. I think that there's going to be a tiebreaker between them and the Ravens. The Ravens lose one more game this season, finish 13-3 and three alongside the Patriots. They own the tiebreaker. So the Patriots get the two seed, and the uh, Ravens have the one seed and home field advantage throughout. So that's how I see. So it's going to go Ravens, Patriots, Chiefs, Texans, uh, uh, Bills, and then Raiders. Ain't that the same one I just said? I think so. It's pretty close. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I said. Yeah. So that, I, I, just, I broke mine down a little bit more. Just that I'm a details guy. My bad. I don't know, but I, I do have a question though. So yeah, yeah. Why did you have the Texans losing to the Patriots and not and not the Chiefs? I think that the Chiefs match up better with the Patriots because, like I said about Deshaun Watson, how they rely on him so much and their secondary is so terrible. Well, their O line. Their O line. Their O line is like I said. Deshaun Watson has to create magic every single week, whereas the Chiefs. 
went one and one with Matt Moore. Actually, you want to give him 1.5 and one with Matt Moore. Well, you saw what that Baltimore defense did. And they beat the Vikings with well, Matt Moore. You saw what that Baltimore defense did to Deshaun Watson. I mean, right. imagine what that Patriots did. And, and the, Chiefs, the Chiefs have won games against playoff yeah, teams without a run game. What's the Patriots defense going to do against the Chiefs? That's what I'm saying. The matchup is yeah, we're, we're, we're a worse matchup than the Patriots. That's, that's the number one overall defense. We have a much better O line. We have a much better. I, I'm not debating that. The Patriots, the Patriots are going to absolutely take away something from the Chiefs. That's what they do. But <laughs> I believe that Tyreek. Patrick Mahomes will have a few weeks now of being healthy again. The offense will be healthy as it's been all season. The Chiefs have put up points on the Patriots yes. both times they played them with Patrick Mahomes. They put up 30, was it 34 or no, 40, 40 points in the in the uh, week six matchup last year, and then 31 against them in the AFC Chiefs. Are, the Chiefs so, are about to come out firing off this bye. That's and what Raiders going to be the sacrificial land. Well, we'll no, I mean, right I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm with you on all that, but I will say this. I think I, I, I actually think the, the Texans have a better chance of beating the Patriots than, than the Chiefs because New England hardly loses at home. Keep that in mind. That's so, true. So the Chiefs are going there versus the Patriots done. traveling down to Houston. Sure, sure. Sunday night matchup, prime time, you know, all the lights. So It's look, all up for grabs. That's a fair point. But here's the thing. I'm so looking forward to it. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. And I'd love, I, we'd love to get you back on before that happens. So uh, but let's let's uh, take a real quick break. When we come back, we're going to touch on a couple Monday mailbag questions. I'd love for Darren to answer just a couple of these, and then we're going to be handing out some L's. So we'll get back to all that after this. Visit Local Foundry in downtown Lee Summit, Eastern Jackson County's biggest selection of local made and inspired goods. They carry apparel, jewelry, prints, decor, and more. The store is also filled with various vintage finds. Come and see us on Market Street. Back at it on the Spoken Podcast for segment number four. I am your host, Lance Twidwell, here inside the Casey Beard Co. Studios with my guy, Trevor Twidwell. What up? No Eddie Ortiz again, no yo-yo-yos, but we do have our guy from the ship, 810 Sports Radio, WHB's very own, Darren Smith in the house for another segment. Holla if you hear me. <laughs> I'll let it play if you see him in the street, you know what I mean? Colder than the other side of the pillow, you know? I, I miss miss my dude, Stuart Scott, man. But no, uh, bring, it, bring it back to the show. Uh, we do this every week now, guys. We do our Monday mailbag. This week was a little thrown off because of the fact that uh, we had to do it on a Wednesday because the Monday Night Football game kind of threw it off on our topic regards. But uh, also want to let you guys know that uh, our two um, sponsors, uh, Commandeer Brand and Casey Hemp Company, are still doing their promo code on their website. Visit CommandeerBrand.com and CaseyHempCompany.com and put in Spoken10 as the promo code, and you will get 10% off all your purchases. So definitely visit them tonight, guys, or today, this weekend. And uh, get that going. You guys will definitely love the products and the apparel they have for you available. And they're local companies as well, which is always important to support. So let's get back to it. Monday Mailbag. Trevor, what is the first question? Uh, first question obviously comes from our guy, Ruben, who asks a question every single week. And we Ruben. appreciate you, buddy. Uh, Ruben Martinez asked the question, will each one of you tell us a funny story about a time when you played sports like high school football or basketball? Or soccer for Eddie. Come on, Eddie. That's, that, ra- that, that's racist. Hold that's racist, man. No, but Eddie's got to hold it down. has got to be soccer. <laughs> uh, no, uh, or whatever sport each of you played. And if you and if you have a guest, they can share too. Just any random funny or interesting story you can remember. Uh, I'll go ahead and say mine. Oh, go ahead. Um, we obviously played a ton of sports together, me and you growing up through high school or just pickup games, basketball, football. This time in particular was a football game. We were playing pickup with a bunch of our buddies. And uh, – I remember I caught a slant pass from you because me and you were always on the same team for the most part. And I was always your tight end. And uh, oh, I know this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I catch I catch a quick slant from you. We're, we're you know this is this is the game winning drive. We need to win this game because we were down. I catch a quick slant from you, and I'm feeling it, bro. I'm 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 blazing. I'm 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 up that seam, and all of a sudden I see my buddy David Barbosa 
coming from behind me. I'm like, ah, I don't want him to get my ankle. So I kind of like hurdle a little bit. And as I'm hurdling, I feel him grab onto the back of my shorts <laughs> and just yank my shorts all the way down, bro. My ass runs buck ass naked all the way to the fucking end zone. I win that game for the team, bro. I got that W for the team, buck ass. Dude, naked. I wanted to celebrate everybody. We couldn't do that. We couldn't do that. I gave everybody a show on that one, bro. Yeah, so I want to spike that shit. Man, then yeah, that was, for me, that was one of the funniest moments of my life. And embarrassing, ain't gonna lie. But uh, yeah, I got that touchdown, got that dub. So, well, when I was when I was in high school, I think it was my freshman year uh, on the football team, we were doing an Oklahoma drill. I love telling the story. Um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm, a, I'm a huge wrestling fan, mm. and so growing up watching that stuff, nine solid. Between that, between watching wrestling and Chicago Bulls and Michael Jordan played, there was nothing else in life that that mattered to me at the time. Heck yeah, and uh, and so did an Oklahoma drill, and so everybody was like, oh, man, no, but, you know, thinking that, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to take me down. So they had me against <laughs> this lineman, dude. And so, you know, cause, <laughs> so get up, and I got up underneath him so high, and I drove him up in the air and did like a spy bus. Or, or oh, you know, shit. Sure. What's <laughs> 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 the with you, man? Well, maybe for Ruben's sake, we can just do the Oklahoma drill real quick. You know, for old time's sake, for Ruben's <laughs> sake. I don't know, Darren. I, I ain't feeling the spine buster. Man, I'll let Trevor be the sacrificial lamb for that. No, I'm 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 if, if I lay down on the ground, I'm going to sleep, bro. I told you. <laughs> I've been I've been to Nashville, New York, and Mexico City. I'm, you yeah, like it's Sunday already, you know? Yeah, no idea. So, so I got two stories, actually, they're, they're, I, because I can't decide which one's funnier. One of them, I'm ashamed to even have to tell you guys, but I'll, I'll start with uh, I'll start with the one that's a little less humiliating, actually, which is crazy to say after you hear it. Um, I, I played softball with my dad and, and a lot of my guys growing up because I remember growing up and my dad played softball and I couldn't wait to be old enough to play. And so I started playing and I was a pretty good ball player growing up. And me and my best friend Steve at the time decided to join our dad when we graduated high school. We thought we were these badasses coming out of high school playing baseball. You know, we thought we were the shit. Well, both of our girl, both of our girlfriends came out to watch us one of these nights. It was on a Tuesday and they're sitting right behind the backstop. I'm up to bat or Steve. Steve always let off and I'd hit cleanup. Steve roped one, put it into the second, you know, uh, he got a double out of it. And uh, I think one of the other guys hit or got out. I don't remember, but I come up and I'm thinking I'm this badass. I'm about to drill one, you know, right in front of my girl. Dude, I struck out in slow pitch softball <laughs> right in front of my new girlfriend. I mean, I'm trying to show off. I'm trying to be this bad. And you, I struck out. She, Let, dumped, she dumped her ass. Too. Yeah, she <laughs> literally left me at the freaking scene, bro. Like, no, I'm just kidding. She didn't really. But she probably wanted to, and I don't Loser. blame her. And I could hear her in the background laughing. So I had to walk to the dugout. My girlfriend's laughing at me. Everyone's laughing at me. I had to buy the whole damn place a beer after that, it seemed. But that was pretty embarrassing. That was that was, that was was a story. But this one um, – I didn't play soccer growing up, but I decided to take it on in eighth grade. And uh, I was very, very bad at it at first and uh, didn't really get that much better. In fact, I became a captain still. I don't know how that happened. But ninth grade, uh, we were tra- we were playing this team called Garden City. And Steve was there, too. I seem to be getting these embarrassing stories when my best friend Steve was there. But he was goalkeeping. I was the captain of the defense. <laughs> and uh, this team sucked that we were facing. They were bad. I mean, they had – these unathletic people and you can tell they were putting a team together 
we thought we were going to roll these dudes. But I say dudes lightly because there were about three girls on the team, and they all were about six foot tall, and they looked like linebackers. It looked like it looked like pale junior Seau out there. We just put it like that. <laughs> and this girl, from the beginning of the game to the end of, end of the game, whooped my ass. I'm, 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 I'm 5'9", 230 pounds. She picked I'm, you up before the game. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a bowling ball. And back then I was you know, 5'7", 190 pounds maybe. This girl – was beating my ass, dude. It was a ragdoll session. It was I'm t- raggedy and Annie, dude. It was bad out there, dude. I was bad all game long. I'm just getting bodied by this. I'm trying to square up and get position for the ball, and she's just chucking me left and right. Not dude. making your ass, dude. It was bad. I mean, she she was not good. She looked. I mean, she was built like China. Mm-hmm. And you're a wrestling fan, so you know what I'm talking about. RIP. She. Yeah. I'm talking about man. She did everything but DDT me or tombstone me on the field, dude. So, Ruben. I'm glad you can hear these stories, man, because I wasn't going to share them otherwise. But since you asked, there's there's a couple stories for you. You should have saved that for the Ellis Elsa. Well, I might have to just re- I might have to reemerge that one. But uh, Eddie actually, believe it or not, had enough time. He couldn't make the show tonight, but he had enough time to ask a question. So shout out to Eddie Ortiz. Um, and and Aaron, Darren, we'll start with you, man. Uh, his question is: What do the Chiefs have to do to become a serious Super Bowl contender again? Shit, I talked about this show earlier today. Uh, they got what we talked about earlier on the show today. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, you gotta limit the penalties. You gotta get, need to have a sixty-five thirty-five uh, balance offense with a run game. Mm-hmm. I mean, because look, you're not you're not gonna get um, you're not gonna stop passing the ball, but you at least gotta be able to uh, uh, credibly run the ball to where you can do play action and 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 think that the opposing team is gonna fall for it. Those two things, and then. Basically, Andy Reid has to um, he has to look within within himself, man, and he he, he cannot be the, he cannot under any circumstance be the reason why this team does not go to the Super Bowl. Let it let it be an issue where mm-hmm. Patrick gets intercepted five times, yep. or, or 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 the running backs fumble, you know, at the goal line or something like that. But Andy himself cannot be the reason for this team to not advance to the Super Bowl. Yeah, uh, 100% agree with that. Uh, establish discipline, and not only just the special teams. My goodness, um, but yeah, I mean, have your have your goddamn gloves on, please, before you receive a punt. Um, simple stuff like that. Uh, establish an identity, you know, uh, offensively and defensively. I think our defense is starting. To, we're starting to see who our defense is. We're 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 starting. To, we saw a little grittiness this past week. We've seen it in spurts. Uh, but once we get every, if 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 Clark can, if Frank Clark can keep, continue that uh, consistency with what we saw and carry that over for this home stretch, that would be great for this defense. It makes our secondary that much better and lets Tyrone float float around uh, and do his thing, uh, mix him in with some blitz packages and so on. But yeah, establishing and finding our identity and just going with that, you know, getting aggressive with that identity that we have. You know, don't always play to what the defense gives you. Go out there and take it. Uh, I want to see us because that's what we did last year. It didn't matter, man. It didn't matter if, if the Patriots were shutting down Tyreek. We were still attacking them downfield with different people. You know, now we have a McCall Hardman who can be a field stretcher as well, who's extremely fast. Um, yeah, finding we just need to really find an identity because I felt like I've watched eight different teams this year on a weekly basis. I'm not sure who it's going to be when I watch. I come in with an expectation of what I think we should be, and it's always something different. We, we're always like finding a way to fall flat. And, and, and play down to the competition, the level of our competition. And it's really frustrating. So please, I just want for us to become a contender, truly make people believe in us and make 
Chiefs fans locally believe in you. Find an identity so we know who we're going to have on, a, on the field on a, every Sunday and every week we play, just so we know we can have some continuity. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm being in them. Yeah, so go ahead. Let me good. Do just make this one little addendum. Uh, the other thing that hasn't happened, and it hasn't happened a lot this season, Chiefs have to be able to score inside the red zone. Yep. Oh, yeah. That's, that's what I'm saying, that's, the identity, because yeah. that's who we were last year. We were the most efficient team in the red zone last year, and now we're bottom five. Look, it's unacceptable. Have- yeah, too. Yeah, Kareem. Yeah, I'll go back to that. No, no, no. You're fine. You're fine. Uh, I, I will say I'll echo. I'll echo your sentiments. Obviously, the Chiefs have to quit beating themselves. They have to fight an identity. Mm-hmm. But also to dig a little deeper, you have to maximize your talent. I mean, I feel like the Chiefs are not. I feel in particular Andy Reid and his offense. They're not maximizing what they have. McCall Hardman. Uh, my guy from Six uh, Ten, actually BK, talked about this today on Twitter about how McCole um, Hardman has actually been one of the most efficient wide receivers in the NFL in the amount of time he's actually played mm-hmm. and the amount of snaps he's played. He leads, I think, all all players in broken tackles yeah. and the amount of snaps he's played. Um, fastest to uh, fastest touchdowns in the NFL. Like I like the fact that they're using him the way they are, so it doesn't expose his weaknesses. At the same time. It feels like this offense leaves so much on the field. So yeah. quit doing that. Be more efficient, more of a balanced attack. Like I said earlier, like Darren is saying, also 65-35 is so fair to me. No doubt. I feel like because you're still getting 65% of passing plays, and 65% of passing plays of Patrick Mahomes' offense is always going to be deadly. So continue to put the defense on their heels and run the ball. Mm-hmm. Because I also ran this down. I showed you guys this, and I don't know if, Darren, you were aware of this. I ran this number, and now it's updated. Since the beginning of last season, the Chiefs are 13-1 and when they run the ball 25 or more times. You can't tell me that's a coincidence. They have to do it. Contextually, I understand there might be some differences where they're trying to run the clock down. The point remains, when you establish a run game, no matter what team you are, you always give yourself the better advantage and you dictate the pace of play, and that's what I think it is. So well, simple football. I, I yep. can't disagree with you. With exactly. That. So we'll leave it there. Uh, every Monday, guys, we'll, I'll be posting the Monday mailbag. Don't do not hesitate. Definitely hit us up on there. Let us know what you guys are thinking about. Give us some topics. Give us some questions, and we'll do our best to answer them on the show. But moving on to the best segment of the night, our favorite segment of the night, Trevor. What's it called? Hold, Hold this L. L. It's time to. I want you to do me a favor and hold this L. Somebody's got to hold that L. <laughs> the who, the her. I'm talking like caps lock L L L L L L L L Cool J stuff. Hold that L. <laughs> Good God, man! Hold this gigantic, <gasps> veiny, pulsating L. Man, you are one pathetic loser. You ignorant man. <laughs> oh, that was great. Oh, hold Sorry. this L. Hold This L, brought to you by Casey Beard Company. Since 2014, Casey Beard Company has been handcrafting you with beard and skincare products, handcrafted with 100% organic ingredients here in Kansas City. Visit them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Casey Beard Co. And face, uh, visit them also on their website, CaseyBeardCo.com, where until the end of November, they have a 25% off all products, all online products. Just use the promo code no shave save and you'll be ready to go. Visit CaseyBeardCo.com today. All right, Hold This L. Trev, you got one? Go ahead and take it. I got one, and it's uh, it's going to be one everyone's familiar with right now. It's kind of a hot topic, obviously, um, and we can give this uh, entity an L, I feel like, every at least once or twice a month. Uh, the NCAA, um, with the whole James Wiseman issue, this poor kid, man. This kid's just trying to live his dream. 
you know, a young kid trying to come out here and, and he had support, you know, if not only from his family, who's obviously not some extremely wealthy family, just to, you know, you know, back him, whatever his dreams are, you know, this kid worked his ass off to get, you know, to, to, to develop the talent that he has to be, you know, toted, touted as one of the, you know, upcoming stars and, and, you know, college sports and then the NBA draft, obviously moving forward with his career. Um, but, what, you know, obviously, so if anyone hasn't heard the story, obviously Penny Hardaway uh, helped donate eleven, uh, $1,100, $1,100, $500 to him and his family to help them, you know, locate so they can, just, you know, with living situations and, 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 and all that. Um, but since he's considered a booster for Memphis, because he's, he's do, do, donated money to Memphis in the past, they considered him a, uh, you know, a booster for them. So what they're doing is, so, so at first they, they said that he was suspended initially, remember? And all of a sudden he wasn't suspended. And now he's got to sit 11, 11 games. Right. And on top of that, him sitting 11 games, <clears throat> excuse me, he has to pick, he has to donate that money back into a charity of his choice forcefully. So the NCAA is not only they're going to make this kid. That money was just for him and his family for the for the housing, more for his mother, so she can live out there while he's going to school there. Just so this kid can have a shot in life, man. The one percent of these kids that actually make the big leagues, he's one of the best, uh, you know, talents to come into in, in, to this you know, this sport. He's not he's not promised to make it. You know, he could get injured. Anything could happen. You know, and then the NCAA being the slave driver that they are. Being the big pimp daddy that they are, just abusing the power and and and, and just running the show and, and you know wearing the crown that they have and abusing their power. It's frustrating, man, as fans of the game, just feeling robbed of of the talent that we should be and, and, and you know, off the backs and off the names of these kids that come in here, you know, year after year and you know, do everything they can to to work towards a, a, a brighter future for not only themselves, but their family. A lot of these kids come from poverty, man, and they, this is you know, this is their dream, this is their way out, this is their you know, their livelihood for not only them, but their moms, their dads, their families, their brothers, their sisters. And they're going to try to do what they can to take that away from them. You know, when Penny Hardaway went out of his way to, you know, help help provide, you know, the dream to for this kid to you know pursue his dream. It's just it's backwards logic, man. And I don't get it. The, the NCAA should be should be on the opposite of the spectrum. They should be supporting any way they can, because if anything, this kid's name being on the court for Memphis or any school. You close your eyes and pick a school. This this kid's talent being out there is only going to help their product. So it's, to me, it's just backwards logic for them to not want this kid on the floor, not only to you know just to, to bring attention to whatever school he's at, but just for the NCAA as a whole because they're going to they're going to be making money on this kid as well. So it just it blows my mind that they keep embarrassing themselves, you know, and and and, and worsening and ruining their their reputation more and more. <clears throat> As if it could be any worse as it's been in the past, you know, decade, you know, with all these professional athletes coming out and speaking out against it. It's just, it's, I just don't get it, man. I, I, it's frustrating to see that these kids that work so hard to get there and then any chance the NCAA gets, they shoot them down. Um, it's disgusting, man. It really, really is. Uh, so I'm hoping, I'm hoping this kid crushes it once he gets back from serving these stupid ass 11 game suspension and, Make forcing him and his family to donate eleven eleven hundred dollars. Yeah, it's, it's, eleven thousand. Yeah, yeah, eleven. Yeah, not eleven thousand five hundred. Yeah, that, eleven thousand five hundred dollars of they get to pick their charity of their choice. You know, um, it's embarrassing, man. It's embarrassing as a country, as as a, as a product the NCA is putting out there. 
um, the control, the power tripping that they have. It's, 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 it's a real problem, man. If something doesn't change, uh, there's going to be some things that are going to, I think it could get ugly here pretty soon if they don't change their mentality, the way they run the show. Um, cause you already got a lot of big names coming out against it. You know, politicians and, and, and major athletes, you know, LeBron's always very vocal about stuff like that. Dwayne Wade, other guys. Um, so something's got to change, man. So the NCAA, you're gonna have to do me a favor, man. You're gonna have to go ahead and hold, hold this L. L. All right, Darren, who we got, man? Well, before I get to that, I, I, I would say to his point, uh, to his L, if they didn't have eleven thousand five hundred to move, how the fuck they gonna have eleven exactly. thousand five hundred to pay the charity? Or whatever? It's backwards, man. That's, that's don't make a, no damn sense. That's a discussion for another day, but my L is for uh, the local media uh, here in Kansas City. And, Speak and, on it, baby. Talk the, about it. And the fact that there's one less black. Um, mm. uh, journalist, reporter, sports person in the industry mm-hmm. with, uh, uh, I guess, I don't know if it was fired, just, but the let go of uh, Rod Hughley over at 610. I don't know him personally. I know where I, I, I do see that we're Facebook friends. We may have spoken, you know, changed pleasantries in each other's presence. Not that I, you know, don't know people from the other station because mm. uh, I know Carrington very well, but the fact that I was, you know, I was told. I was DM'd while I was on the air today that he was let go. And well, one was on the show because I'm on during the, sure. during the same time slot. So did I go cover the Chiefs after that? But, you know, with the with the loss of Michael Coleman, who's down in Tyler, Texas, the loss of, you know, Al Wallace's forced retirement uh, from Channel 4, the let go, the firing of D. Jackson at Channel 41, and now with uh, Ron Hughley uh, being ousted at 610 and then, you know, and I don't know, you know, what the situation with Vern and Serta is going to be, but the fact that he was let go the way that he was, um, you know, I tell people all the time that what I do, I hold in the greatest of of uh, humility as well as uh, uh, pride because there hasn't been a black uh, host over at A10 since Jason Whitlock. And so the fact that it's taken that long someone like me to be on their airwaves uh, on A10. I mean, they, they've had people on, on the ESPN side, but of course, everybody thinks that, you know, you're on A10, you've made it. Um, and so I know it's a huge responsibility. I work my ass off. I, I, I you know, I mean, nobody, people from China, everybody would tell you I'm probably the hardest working person in the sports media because I'm any, in and everywhere and I do shit that comes at a great financial cost to me, burden to me. But the fact that it's too few of us is really now myself, Carrington, and uh, uh, to a smaller extent, Steve Walsh, that are the only uh, black radio personalities, sports personalities left in the city. There's only two on television being um, uh, Harold Kunst at Channel 4 and Ryan Marshall at 41. He's going to be leaving in February. Yeah, I know Joe Mays and um... – um, what's the name? They do the players only segment. Yeah. Well, I think once or twice a week. Well, I meant like actual, like yeah, can, yeah, 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 yeah. consistent just, shows. Because yeah. Terrence Payler has a show on the right. sure. Monday nights, yeah. You know, so but but again, to that point, it's just <coughs> you know, there's there's uh, I mean, it's I got a chance to ask Brett Veach at a KU game last uh, last year. Does he think that he has a responsibility being in this position, you know, to to where he needs to have conversations, and not just him, but 
uh, you know, Mike Swanson or, or, or Dayton Moore over at the Royals and others, you know, Bill Self at KU, that you your your team looks a lot like people that look like myself, Steve, and Carrington. Hmm. However, you have more people of other colors that are interviewing these players, especially when they get into trouble or whatever. Who are the people that's inter- you know, interviewing them? They're people that don't look like yeah. them, so they, they may not have the same background, same type of history, know, know the vernaculars and things like that. And it puts and it puts the players in an odd situation where they become defensive or don't know what to say because players can say you know I mean players can say stuff to us and we're not going to run back and and divulge or whatever because you know because we just come from the same environment absolutely true and it, it, it and it's just it's something that um, I would say something about on the air but you know but I'm not in in the position where I want to be just yet to to be that vocal about it but uh, but. I would also be remiss if I didn't say it, then I, I'd be doing my community service and I'll probably vocalize that um, via my Facebook page uh, in the next couple of days once I get my mind wrapped around it. But Absolutely. That's, uh, so for me, the media, the local, the local, you know, corporation media conglomerates, they can hold the sale. Hold, hold that sale, man. Yeah. Yeah. As well said, Darren. I, I we I think it goes without say we echo your sentiments on that. Yeah, that stuff's well. needed. That's not something we can just say. That's this something is that some, comes from you. Yeah, it's more exactly. Important. It no does. Doubt. It doesn't hold as much weight for us to say something like that. All we can do is say that we agree and we support that 100 percent because we see it as well. And uh, you know, we don't know the the extents of what took place. All I do know is that I know that Ron worked his ass off. We've developed a decent friendship with him, and uh, we've asked him actually uh, since this news came out if he would like to join us here on the show. We'd love to get his thoughts and. Uh, get him to feel comfortable enough to talk about it as well, because I feel Absolutely. like it should be talked about. You know, and and, and one last thing about that, and I'm sorry, I do want to mention Kenitra Williams with uh, sure. uh, KUJ. But here's the thing. The problem that I have is that other reporters, uh, I know folk at the Stars, they know it, but the fact that they're signed about it, you know, they'll, mm-hmm. they'll write an article about somebody getting let go, and then it just, you know, falls to the wayside. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the why that this stuff is happening is, is, is to me, um, a malpractice on, on their behalf because they need to be exposed and writing about it because, but the thing is, you know, it doesn't affect them and, it, and it's not something that they think about. So until you bring it to their attention or yeah. make it an issue, then, you know, absolutely different perspective man absolutely. for sure yeah yeah absolutely and so uh diversity yeah. is important for sure again thank you for sharing that darren mm-hmm. that meant a lot because i know the last time you were on the show you you had talked about a few things that were very much in the same vein and it needs to be talked about man yeah. i think it gets i think it goes under the carpet way too often i and we don't here i can say i speak for all of us here at the spoken podcast we we're not okay with that so i appreciate you bringing it up and bringing it to to the light man because it needs to be known and i'm glad that we have the support from our i, I pride one thing i pride about the spoken is um not only are we multicultured here as well but if you look at our group of a thousand people you have a mixed bag of everybody and i love that i absolutely love that and we have different viewpoints different opinions different you know ways of growing up different cultures that's what i pride ourselves here being in a city where that is a struggle 
it is a struggle here in Kansas City for that to be seen. That's I think that's why a lot of people were against Marcus Peters and the things that he stood for, rather knelt for. Yeah. People didn't understand it, and, they, and the worst part was I don't think they fully they didn't want to understand Still it. And that's don't. the danger yeah. of all this. So any way we can raise awareness to get this crap beyond us because it's so ridiculous. We still deal with this and it's almost 2020. It's beyond me, but we got to keep fighting the fight. And we appreciate men like you, Darren, in our city working as hard as you do because you represent the people we want to be, we want to be attached to. So we appreciate that, man. So um, before I go, I'm going to give out an L. Um, This is a, this is, I'm surprised we have not touched on this. I mean, it's baseball. So we don't talk a lot of baseball here on the spoken podcast. And I admit that even though we did have Cody tap on here a few weeks ago, talking about Royals, but um, it's amazing to me that we can give an L to a team that won a championship. <laughs> and the reason why is because they became, I feel like they're going to be known with the, the early 1900s White Sox teams, man, with the shoeless Joe Jackson team. I mean, the the, yeah, the asterisk, the Houston asterisk, because <laughs> I mean, you're talking about a team that, was was intentionally used. It's one thing to steal signs. It's kind of genius. In it's a way, it's one thing to steal signs. It's it's another thing to use the technology. And if you look at the home and away splits and their batting averages and slugging percentages, right. and OPS, it's dramatically different. And you heard the John Boy on a on YouTube is amazing at this stuff. He breaks down baseball like fights and arguments and things of that nature. He broke this one down. And you every time there was a changeup coming, you would hear somebody hit something in the dugout to alert the batter hmm. that a changeup was coming. An off speed. Pitch. And then if it was a fastball, they wouldn't make any noise at all. So you knew that it was going to be a fastball. So now we're talking about, and again, this team won the championships. You can't take that away necessarily. But at the same time, they've been exposed completely to the point where they're talking about they're banning players and and, and uh, potentially managers, guys who are on that uh, coaching staff for an entire season and maybe even longer. And no matter what we say or what we you know try to present this as, that'll always be known because people wanted to witch hunt the shit out of Barry Bonds. They wanted to demonize him. They better be bringing that same energy for this Astros team because that was a collective effort to cheat and to and to do what they needed to do against the Dodgers. So you, uh, the, the 2017 Houston Asterix, you can do me a favor and hold, hold this L. L. So. Yeah. That's where we're going to leave it. Episode 39 was an absolute blast, and it was a much, much thanks to our guy Darren Smith for for being here. And once again, Darren, if you could, before we get out of here, let the people know where they can find you on social media and on your show, what nights, what days, what time. Again, thank you for the opportunity to be here on the show once again. Uh, You can uh, find me, add me on uh, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Darren Smith WHB. And then, of course, uh, my show Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. to 12 noon on ESPN Kansas City, 94.5 FM and 15.10 AM. And then following Monday and Thursday night football on Sports Radio 810 from around 10 to ten to midnight, Monday and Thursday nights on 810. Absolutely. Guys, yeah. I'm, I'm being serious, not just because he's right here. Follow this guy. He yeah. knows what he's talking about. This dude does his due diligence. This man is out there doing his thing, guys. He's out there on the road with this team covering for you guys. This is what he does. This is what he does. This is what he loves. It's an absolute grind. This is the guy. If you want to get behind any local uh, uh, media members, Darren is the guy to be definitely doing that with. So definitely follow my guy, Darren Smith. So for for Darren Smith and, and uh, the ship on H, uh, 810 Sports Radio WHB, for my guy Trevor Twidwell, for Eddie Ortiz, who decided to skip out on us tonight, had himself a sick night, I am Lance Twidwell. Wrap us, wrapping episode 39 up in the KC Beard Co. Studios. So until next week for episode 40, we're out. Later. We're going to get out of this bitch. Thank you so much for listening, guys. See ya. You are tuned into the Spoken 
I might actually stick I might actually stick around for a little bit.